Welcome back, everyone. Session 16 is here, and we are excited to release it. Before we get into this amazing guest, as always, we have a sponsor, and we love him to death, DJ Breezy. If you're planning any party in the next two months, six months, a year, you have to go with DJ Breezy. He has audio equipment, he has lights equipment, he has fog machines, he has a disco ball, literally anything, he could find it and it will make your party that much better. If you're interested in dealing with Bryson at a party and getting him involved, please slide into his DMs at Ya Boy Breezy, or I'm sorry, Ya Boy DJ Breezy, B-R-E-E-Z-Y, or head over to his website, thedjbreezy.com. You will be extremely extremely excited and honored to have him at your party. He will definitely set the vibes and make sure that your party is unforgettable. Going into session 16, you'll hear me towards the end of the podcast just say that I am so thankful for having this podcast because it gives me an opportunity to speak and to meet and to also really promote and to shine a light on some incredible people that I'm very fortunate fortunate to cross paths with. Uh, This one in particular is one of Grace's clients. So Grace has known her for a while, but this was actually my first time meeting her. And from the very first interaction, you could tell that this guest is just extremely grounded and extremely uh, vulnerable in the greatest way possible, connecting and really just on a human to human basis, someone that you are really drawn to speak with. And then once you get to not only peel back the the layers of her as a uh, individual, but as a mother, as a teacher, and really as just a friend, I feel going away from this podcast, you realize that everyone has their own story. And we are very fortunate to hear this story. And so without uh, wasting any more time or getting too long into this intro, please enjoy session 16. Yeah. yeah. Um, but where do you teach at school? And what uh, grade do you teach? I teach over at... Uh, oh, cool. And, yeah, so I'm teaching sophomore honors, like pre-AP kids, and then I teach one random grade a year. Which I tried is? juniors this year, and I'm like, no. No You way. don't like it? I like... I, I majored in U.S. history. I thought I wanted to be a history teacher, and so it's American lit, so I get to teach American history through it, but the curriculum and, like, we're bounded... To certain things, oh. and it's like I can't teach the way that I want to be able to teach American history through literature, yeah, because of the restrictions that people are uh, providing teachers, which is super fun. So I'm spicing it up. I'm going to seniors next year, just one random class, but I keep <laughs> on going like sophomores, juniors, and then I reach out to the counselors, and I'm like, "Can I have this kid, this kid, this kid?" Yeah, this kid? so I can little all star you know. school. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. How long have you been a teacher for? I think this is my 10th year, but I took a couple years off oh. here and there. I took one year off once I have my uh, my son because I'd have to pay like $200 a month to teach because they pay you so low. And then to put two kids in daycare. Oh, wow. I've never thought of it that so way. So it was like I could teach, but it, I'd, I'd be paying $100 to teach yeah. a month, which ended up like I ended up going back after six weeks. So I was like, oh, I'll yeah. fucking pay yeah. <laughs> anything to get and out of this. Don't make me stay here. No, but I really missed my, I missed, yeah. I missed the teenagers. Like the crazier, the better. The naughtier, the better. Really? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I was going to say, that's it. fully through with your stories. Yeah. You embrace them. Oh, I love it. I it give me the gnarly ones. So junior year yeah. was uh, 2010 for me, which co- oh, coincidentally wow. is a great segue. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Cactus Shadows. Oh, so Jesus. I will tell you, I went to, 
I moved across the country at, at 16, mm. but I ended up in Fountain Hills and Cactus Shadows was our nemesis because you guys stole the Falcon. Oh, really? I <laughs> we didn't know that. We were the Falcon first oh. and then you stole our colors <laughs> on the Falcon. And during one of the homecoming games, I hid in the bushes of your high school with a paintball gun <laughs> and went to town on your school bus, like busted out windows. Oh, like yeah. There was oh like six God. of us. We were like, we hated Cactus Shadows. Wow. Yeah. Fountain Hills and Cactus I'm Shadows. I'm thinking that like, but I guess if you guys are on the outskirts. Probably. We were both at the time. So now we're talking 1997. Okay. We were both 3A. Okay. What does that mean? We were small. Like 3A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so our, gradu- our graduating gotcha. class is 120. Oh, whoa. Very 120, small. 150. How so did you, you end up in Fountain Hills? I, I, oh gosh, that is a story in itself. I um, got into, long story short, I got into trouble. And um, didn't like going to class. Okay. And my mom was getting really, really sick with MS. Mm. And so my brother and I both were um, getting into stuff really fast, really hard for that age was just ridiculous. And we were making some dangerous decisions. And my brother called my grandparents from a payphone that lived in Fountain Hills and said, you need to, you, she needs to leave. And of course I wasn't going to go without my brother. And so he's like, I'm going to go. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go with my brother. So I followed him out here and my dad, um, didn't want to take us. My mom was pissed, but Mm. you know, she was, she was dealing with her own stuff. Yeah. How was that going through at 16 seeing someone like that? Sucked. So at the time it was really, you know, she got diagnosed with MS 1987. Multiple sclerosis, right? Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she got diagnosed when MRIs came out around like eight, late not eighties, like 87. Oh, wow. And she was one of the first. And so she was doing experimental cause they're just sort of putting a name to this thing. Totally. And she was doing experimental things. Um, so now I'm in junior high and already dealing with everything else in junior high. Mm-hmm. And she would be able, she couldn't like walk necessarily without having a really hard time with bowel, bowel, like control. And, um, and she was like one of the number one equestrian horse jumpers in New England. Oh, wow. Yeah, she wow. was like known for her. She, at 19, she was running um, the largest stable in New England. Like she was physical. Oh, my God. Wow, so she starts that. getting really sick. We and live how in- old was she at the time she started to get sick? Oh, let me think here. So we're talking 40. Wow. So young. 30, 40, like late 30s, 40s. And then... Yeah, we lived in a, um, at one point we lived in a town home in Boston. So it was like a Braintree Mass, which is South Boston. And it was like stairs to get to the front door, stairs to get into the bathroom. So my brother and I are, you know, having to be, make, be home when she's home. Mm-hmm. Holding her ankles as she's going up the stairs to get her in. And like, meanwhile, accidents were happening. You know, yeah. like it, was, yeah. it, was, it was awful. And that was before you moved here, close yeah. to, so 14, 15, you're already yeah. seeing that your mother, not a, let alone an adult. And we, my brother and I both just sort of like ran. We just were like, you know, acid was really big back then. So mm. we were eating a lot of it. I was eating more than him for sure. Wow. Um, a lot. It's crazy that back then at 14 or 50, you look at, it's crazy that you're a teacher yeah. first and foremost, yeah, someone who doesn't want to start I think that's a perfect clues. version to yeah. be a teacher for high school. Absolutely. You can be relatable. Um, but do you look at your 13, 14, 15 year olds and kind of be like, man, you live a totally different world or are there subsections that you mm. see? Maybe not at goal, but you get what I'm trying to ask? Like no, I look at my no, nephew I know what you're like saying. So I insane. will say that no matter what demographic, like kids are in pain. Mm. 
and it doesn't it's a different level. I taught in South Phoenix. I taught, I remember going to Desert Mountain um, because I was having my second child. And so I took a year off and I went because I was bored. So I was like, I'm going to just go interview. Mm. And I interviewed with this principal at the time. This was 2000, 2017. And I remember sitting at the table and it was this blonde, I mean, I know I was older than her for sure. Mm. And asked me some of the craziest questions. Like if you were in a, if you saw a fight, now I'm coming from South Phoenix, right? And so she's like, if you saw a fight and, but it, what would be the protocol, like stupid interview questions? And I was like, well, I gave her a South Phoenix answer, yeah. <laughs> you know? And she's just like, but anyway, they offered me the job and I was like, I am, there's no way I'm going to work for a principal that I don't think has been south of Shea. Yeah. Like I can say yeah. like, honestly, yes. I don't think like, She's getting crazy if she goes to sell Scottsdale. <laughs> I feel that about Nick when I met him. Yeah, did you? Oh, he was... never left Scottsdale or Cave Creek. Anything out of that was a whole Yeah, I would world. go to drum lessons at 35th Avenue in Greenway. Oh my God, the avenues like, don't even. Don't no, even. that was street. That's I wasn't rebellious. even on the avenue. No, he's on the avenue. 35th Avenue. Oh, yeah, it's on yeah, I-17. Yeah. yeah, see? Yeah. Good all. Yeah, yeah, he's hello. like, where are we? Might as well get a plane for that. Yeah, <laughs> and then she took me to Queen Creek this week. Oh, weekend, yeah, we had but, to go to Queen Creek. Um, gosh. Yeah, so going in from your 29th, you mentioned your 29th yeah. birthday or around yeah. that, yeah. 2010, yeah. you were getting married yes. and having your first kid? No. Or engaged, then married? I got engaged in January on my birthday. Okay. Have which anything? is January. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> January 30th yep. and then um and then we were married by October. Holy moly. Quick. Oh yeah, I wasn't. Do you do anything in your life kind of not full blown? I don't quick like as things possible? hover. I don't like appointments. There it is. <laughs> I, like, I was going to say anything. Like uh, I think the only appointment that I keep that is calendared is my hair appointment oh, and I'm not even kidding. Like everything else I will She'll mold it. I get you. Know, I don't I'll do everything I can not to commit to anything. <laughs> Oh, okay. Not to commit. No, oh, but you know I what I mean? Like, I just, yes. I hate appointments and I think it's because of COVID yeah. too, because we, we had such a like, you know, and then all of a sudden we got back to normal and I'm like, you mean I have to have to do two, I have to leave my house twice today. Like I have to do two things. Yeah, like, I am responsible. No. I have to put a bra on in my house. <laughs> like, you know. How was going like from it. teaching for so long and then to COVID? Were you, um, oh were you teaching God. then? That wasn't during your break. No, that break no, was a while it ago. was actually... Yeah. Um, my first year back in teaching and I only taught two classes. It was my first year and I didn't start at the beginning of the year. I was coming off of my daughter uh, was sick. She had cancer, mm. diagnosed stage four. And so I dealt with that. I had a lot of like PTSD and like going through therapy. I realized like being in the classroom was my spot. Yeah. You know? mm. Like that's what I needed. Mm. And so there just so happened that um, there's a teacher mm. that started and couldn't do it. She just, she just had just had a baby and I think she was taking on too much. So she wanted to like pull back and stay mm. home with the baby. So I started, I think my first lesson was like 9-11. No. You know, I came way. in and I was like, let's go. But I had two classes. So I went in from 9.30 to 11.30. Oh, that's awesome. I had only 60 babies that I had to uh, worry about. Yeah. And my classroom was on the outside. So I didn't see any teachers. Oh, I didn't. I worked at that school for like three years before meet, like really seeing another teacher. <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah, because then you went into the pandemic. Yeah, and then the pandemic. Yeah, we went. I had a I had a party um, in my classroom, and it was really gross because like five months later we went back to our classroom and like you could there was like food. Oh, it's still there. Yeah, oh, like not out crazy. and about, but like stuff I would have cleaned if I yeah. had known. You weren't coming um, back. No, I told the kids though. I was sanitizing like crazy. I was like. We're not coming back. Oh They're like, you're insane. I was like, uh-uh, we're not. Mark my word. I didn't know it was going to be like that long. Did you, um, going 
into Fountain Hills. You're 16. Did you have a job? Did you work at all? No. My grandparents. So I went from living a... Unless a family member got wind of a field trip, I wasn't going because of money. Do Mm. you know what I mean? I was that kid where like, you know... Um, kids in eighth grade went to Washington DC and I didn't, I didn't get to go. I don't mm. even know if I even brought the paper home and even asked, Wow. you know, it was just like an acceptance in life. Um, yeah. I do think if I had asked like my grandparents or something, I could have gone. Yeah. But coincidentally, I think I was suspended the same time as there. Gotcha. So like, even if, <laughs> I think that was a way of paid, not committing yeah, to yeah. Yeah. She wasn't way. able to go. Yeah. yeah. And so we didn't yeah. have like, you were lucky at 16 to get like an old Cutlass Supreme, Nobody, we had public transportation. Oh, yeah. You know, where I grew up. And so when I moved to Fountain Hills, I was absolutely, I remember telling people it's like Clueless, the movie. Yeah. But on crack because the drugs were harder. And I had never been like. um, What else are you going to do out there? You know, like, (laughs) it was insane. Yeah. You know, because there's tons of rich kids and. I showed up in like a tie-dye shirt with a mushroom in the front Heck and like yeah. boy pants and my Boston accent. Yes, which heavy was, Boston accent. Which is wicked hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sure. Plus I was already into like fighting and so these little snowflakes didn't know what hit them. And you, did your mom survive MS for a she's while? Still, uh, she's still alive. No wow. way. She actually ended up coming out to Arizona when I was... I think I was still in high school. Maybe out of, I don't know. Yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s. And she came out here. Um, she is in long-term care now. Yeah. Here in Chandler. And it's it's miserable. It's just absolutely miserable. The, the length there just being, oh, that I mean, she's situation. like, she, yeah. she has no control over anything. No. You know? It's she's cognitively, she's starting to decline cognitively, but it's still like, you know, it's a miserable life. She's in her bed. And she's mentally time. like aware of it too. Kind so of, it's like, kind of. like she's mentally. I mean, I, I think she's mentally aware of her misery. Mm. Mm. I try to. I That's try like to like heavy. the fact that she's losing it a little bit cognitively. Like I'm. I'm. I'm like getting happier in a way for her. Like to. Maybe not she's forgetting that, that she talked to you. Sometimes she'll ask me what the weather's like in New mm. England. Mm. But I've lived here for you yeah. know over two decades now. Yeah. So I mean, I'd like it for her to be. You know, maybe to the point where she doesn't realize what's happening around her anymore. Yeah, kind of ease it a little you bit. Know? She raised me. I remember Dr. Kevorkian was gigantic in the late <laughs> 90s. Like a, hold on, it I sounds like a comic book No, but doctor. I'm serious. <laughs> like, Dr. Kevorkian and, like, the idea of assisted suicide was such a topic in my house when I was growing mm. up. Mm. And it was such a, like, this is what I would want. This is what I would do. Mm. Like, it was such a character molding. My mom's the strongest... You know, she taught me to be tough. I, she was tough for a very long time. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's, what's really hard is that I know what she would want and I would know like, and I would be brave enough to do it, but we're here. We can't, I can't break the law and I can't even go, I can't even go to Oregon and like get residency. And then it's like, okay, well then let's go to, let's go to some of these European countries or even Canada. I hear it now is lax. I can't even get my mom on a plane now. Now it's too, it's too late for it's that. Too late. Mm. It's yeah. too late to be able to make that decision. Well, I guess you're the first person I think I've ever spoken to who have even had the opportunity or the, I shouldn't say opportunity, but the touch of that conversation, conversation. being real. Cause when you hear about it, 
I guess you kind of can justify the pros and cons, but being in the position that you're in where you see the pros and cons, but you're literally restricted by the state that you live in. In New England, is it available? No. You can do that? Oh. I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly um, if they've passed a new law. Mm. I have not heard about it. I feel like I would have. Yeah. I know like Washington and like Oregon mm. and then over in Europe and a lot of places. In Canada, like I said, Canada, I think now I was just reading the other day that they're it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, and, um, and yeah. And then every, just, there's nothing. It just sucks. Yeah. We put our dogs down. We put our cats down, yeah. you know, because they're suffering. And here yeah. people are like, absolutely. We can't even give them the dignity and luxury to not have their asses wiped. Yeah. To yeah. not, to not be able to like even pick up their own glass of water. And I'm telling you, this is years. Yeah. My mom's been in a hospital bed or a long-term care for years. She gets roommates. They fight over the TV. <laughs> like, unless you're a millionaire, like you're going to, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's awful. Does the funds that support that come out of the family surrounding or no. is it, um, we don't have government? any money. No, I mean, we don't have any money. No, my mom got an Arizona long-term care which is actually, I guess, a really hard program to get into. Wow. Back in 2000 when she first moved out here. Um, <clears throat> and she's really fortunate. So she gets long-term care, but the facilities are... Mm. Baseline. They're not, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just during COVID, I think she went eight months without a shower. Oh, my Lanta. Yeah. Is wow. that because there were a lack of employees there? or? I mean... But also long-term care facilities are so short-staffed. It's a money, yeah. it's a money maker. People are investing in it, and I mean, I'll walk up to doctors that they have at these places. And I remember one time, because she wasn't always in long-term care. She didn't get into it until she was hit by. Oh gosh, she was hit by a car in 2012. What? Um, while in her wheelchair. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I know, I know. Deep. Like, I love I it know. all, but this is crazy. Bring but it on. She was in, she worked, she lived on uh, Thomas and um, 40th Street. Mm. And she lived there forever independently by herself. It's I mean, she could transfer, yeah. legs didn't work, but like, you know, whatever. And she had Rottweilers as her handicap assist dogs always. That's, she's such a badass. She is a are bad they, ass. Are they typically? No. Okay. No. She oh, loved she loved these like breeds like that were always typically like the mean breeds. And yeah. that's what I was raised. We had Dobermans, Rotties, Chow Chows. Um, and then when I was in my twenties, I had pit bulls. It was wow. like give like the kids. Yeah. Like, like, high like, like you yeah. said, go ahead. Go ahead. Than, yeah. Give me the give me the worst that you got because they're always like the biggest puss dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the chihuahuas. They just want to be loved. It's the chihuahuas the you gotta worry yeah. about. Yeah, totally. Um Anyway, so, uh, yeah, no, she was out on her, like, electric scooter with her handicap assist dog, and this guy ended up hitting my mom. Her dog jumped in front of my mom. She ended up breaking her pelvis, but the dog ultimately died, which was mm. awful, um, because my mom was just coming out of a coma, and she had, like, a throat thing. Oh, sorry. You're fine. She had a throat thing, and she's, like, finally waking up, and the first thing she said is, Where's my dog? Where's my dog? Uh, and I'm like, mm. yeah. But I had I told him I said when you wake her up, I need Ativan. I need something because she's. I'm gonna have to tell her what happened to her dog, and it's gonna be. Because she's, she's more than has 100 percent yeah. loved her animals more than her children. <laughs> yeah, and it's fine. Yeah. I've accepted it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, accepted it. Yeah, yeah. I understand um, that one. Yeah, and then I, I bought her a condo, and we redid it, and then she just got, she's downhill, like. 
So how did your um, acid trips back in the day oh. kind of bring you or I should say, did that set foundations for some of the things obviously you didn't know that were going to happen? But do you think that doing that at that young age um, kind of forced you into being an old soul or uh, someone who dealt with life or you know what I'm trying to ask? Like, yeah, I did that kind of? I don't know. I think that. Because you seem extremely grounded. I will say that. I, like, I, it's insane. I feel connected to people more, I mm. feel like, you know, and it took a long time. When I came out from Boston, I hit like a reset button and mm. I couldn't do hallucinogenics. I, th- I tried like once or twice. And I was like, A, I didn't trust these kids in Fountain Hills. Like, I trusted mm-hmm. my friends back in my neighborhood. Totally. And it's like, I'm not going to bring myself to a level and be surrounded when I know I'm going to maybe lose. Um, I need somebody that you need people you can trust. You need yeah. a connection back to like earth, horrible, for sure. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And so I didn't, I never trusted I never trusted those kids up there to do it. Yeah, I had I had that problem. I don't know. I think it was college and back. Um, in high school, I was taking a bunch of mushrooms and went yeah. to college. I did it maybe once or twice, and I did it the night before. I was I knew I flunked out. My sister was coming to get me the next day. Haven't packed. Didn't clean out the dorm, which was just doing all the wrong things. And then I took a bunch of mushrooms, tripped. It got me realigned, and I'll never forget. I was smoking a cigarette at the time. I took a drag, and it all kind of just hit me like, Okay, I kind of know I'm done. This chapter's closed. I can move on. I could never hold down the mushrooms. I could never. Yeah. I tried eating like peanut butter. Yeah. I don't even like mushrooms on pizza. I could never. I didn't do mushrooms for the first time until like two years ago. Oh my God. And how was that? It really cap- I needed it capitalized. bad. Oh, I really? Mean, yeah. Like I was in such a like mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody plucked me out of that crisis and plopped me into this like really strange commune on the creek in Cottonwood. <laughs> and I went from like this crazy situation to like one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it like catapulted me into like therapy. Isn't that crazy? And um, made me feel like super safe. And I was surrounded by, um, it was like a weird mushroom conference. I don't know where. (laughs) That's amazing. You know? That's where you want to do it. Complete like professionals. Yeah. Like they were like CEOs and like I'm sitting here, not in Cottonwood. I was in Camp Verde, like right on the creek. Mm. And there were people like banging drums and there were fires. Like at one point we're like digging holes like for our bodies and just like feeling the cold earth and just like, but there was no, like there was no drama. Yeah. It was just, nobody was asking each other about each other's trauma. It Mm. was just like getting to know another human on a human level. Yeah. I I missed that. It was great. And I felt so refreshed afterwards. Do you, um, do your kids know? About like are you, how open are you with your kids? Again, this is the first time me meeting you, and I yeah, love that you're open. They're but young, so they don't they? like they don't they don't know. Um, you know, how old we, are they? So Morgan, my daughter, is going to turn nine in July, and Liam just turned seven. Got it. They know about drugs. Uh, my my brother was living with us and passed away of fentanyl mm. um, last year, and so we had to kind of sit them down and we worked with this it was it's actually like one of the only places in the country hospice of the valley does this thing it's called new song Mm. and it's it's like a hospice support for children and we had a family member that had had to use it and before i even told my kids i reached out to him i was like i don't even know what to say you know my brother just moved in with us he was so close to my he was getting close to my kids for Mm. the first time in our life and they were able to 
like sit down and talk to me about how to talk to them about, you know, you don't say that they went to heaven. You know, you say their body died because kids will literally be like, oh, they went to heaven. I want to go to heaven to see my Tommy, you know? And so it was just like really such basic. It was like, um, you know, his body died and we know medicine because of Morgan's like um, journey that, you know, he took medicine he shouldn't have. Yeah. Mm. You know, so now, and then they did the D.A.R.E. program at school. So now yeah. they have tons of questions. Oh. You know? And then just driving down Phoenix and somebody's hunched over. My kids are so aware. They're like, is he on drugs? What drugs? And I'm like, oh. Yeah. How do you take the drugs? <laughs> How I'm do like, you tell them, oh, no, they're just sleeping, say. standing up? Yeah, I just but saw that But I'm a firm believer here. of just being, like, completely honest with my kids. They ask me a question. I'm not going to, like... We don't call our private parts peepees, and you know we say it's penis, it's vagina. Yeah. You know. Did your parent go, parents do your dad involved? You know we talked a lot my about. My dad your mom. died three weeks after my brother last year. Of oh alcoholism. my gosh. So yeah. yeah, he was he was in, he was involved, and yeah. then he got sick. Yeah. So. Um, the two deaths that we just spoke about was that before or after the mushroom commune on the creek by after i was after, healing from yeah. my daughter's cancer mm-hmm. by when i was like digging in the dirt in camp verde and then actually after my brother and my dad passed away i've been doing ketamine no way wow you're the first person i've ever heard of Dude, actually doing it is that. like actually just saying ketamine i literally yeah. just got goosebumps That's it crazy. was and i regret because i'm like i need to carve out time to do it it's not like mushrooms where I feel like if I were to do mushrooms right now, I'd need six hours away from my family. Totally. Acid, give me a, give me a weekend yeah. and make sure I'm not in the same zip <laughs> yeah, code kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but ketamine was like, um, I was super scared because hallucinogenics make me scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still get like f- flashbacks of like my childhood, like am like I making p- a bad decision, whatever. But um, one of my best friends ended up being a holistic doctor and she's amazing. I went to Peru with her, like Machu Picchu. Mm. And like she does... Just yeah, like she gave me, like every time I'm having like some sort of mental breakdown, she shows up. She's the one that brought me and like there dropped me in this car. Con- like I happened to like be flipping out in Sedona, flipping out. And she was like, just showed up like a little fairy. Boop, boop. Wow. And like dropped me, you know. But so she's very like healing. And she started doing uh, ketamine treatments. And what I love about it is that she doesn't do it. I know some teenagers that have done it for like sexual trauma. Oh, wow. Like kids that like can't get out of this one girl in particular. She couldn't get out of bed. Her parents were so worried and ketamine was, it was like a doctor's office. They were just starting to, um, whatever. And they put headphones on the kid and like a TV, but like it saved her. Like she's like a healthy individual down at U of A. And so I've been watching it and I've been reading about it. And the one thing that I didn't like was the idea that like I was going to be left alone. And that's what I feel like doctors do is like the headphones, the TV will be back in like 90 minutes. Totally. And um, I did ayahuasca when I was up in Peru too. So it's almost like an ayahuasca situation where I got, it wasn't the the IV, it was a gummy. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they give it to you. Ayahuasca or ketamine? Ketamine. Got it. Ayahuasca was like some shitty... Piss water, yeah. I was gonna say like mud water, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then we're shitting ourselves. It wasn't even like it wasn't even like it was like I think I drank like five times more than everybody else, and I'm like, and oh no way, (laughs) and wow, and it I was. Please don't try this at home. (laughs) No, no, don't don't try this at home. Yeah, but they um, 
Yeah, no, I... It, the ketamine's it, working. Man, that ketamine was... I know they say a ketamine hole. Yeah. But it's not as scary. Like, mm -hmm. the best thing that I can say is that I feel like I saw the universe, that I was in it. I, I didn't know because it, it, they're using it for trauma now. And there's different facets of trauma in my life. So I didn't know... Like, which trauma are they going to focus yeah, on? What's going to pop today? up today? Yeah, like, yeah, what's behind list, door number you know? two? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I figured, uh, the fact that it was my brother's death, um, I, I felt like I, I felt where he is. I felt like he was okay. Mm. I wasn't hallucinating him. I literally was in, like, a most secure Pink Floyd video. <laughs> Uh, I felt like I was in the universe, and and I think that what's important about that is that at the end of the day, it puts everything in perspective. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so when I was done, I was just like. And meanwhile, my friend is like like totally banging drums. I have this amazing soundtrack music on, this beautiful, and I'm on this bed. Wow. There's incense going, and there's drums. Oh, and that's a whole like, other element. Yeah, and wow. they're like, you know, she said to me when I was done, she's like. Um, coincidentally, she slept with my brother back in the day and we grew up together, which is funny because she's like, that doesn't matter. But she also knows my brother really well. Um, I think I wanted to beat her up when I found out she slept with my brother. She was the first person I met when I moved to Fountain Hills. Oh my and she's like, I said to her, I was like, was I talking? I felt in control, by the way, the entire time. Wow. Which you don't feel when you're doing other things. Like totally. I felt like I could, if I wanted to step out of it, you don't want to step out of it. Wow. But I felt like I could. And, and I said, did I say anything? And she's like, yeah, at one point you go fucking A. And she's like, I knew at that point that your ketamine treatment was for your brother. Wow. And that you were with him at that moment. She's like, I felt him the entire time. Holy crap. You know, and I woke up like with such a healing sense of my brother passing at such a young age. And, you know, yeah. like I feel like that part of my life is so um, healthy now because of that one ketamine treatment. And they say like four is the secret number. Wow. And what are you on? Just one? Have you done it again? No, I haven't done it again. Got it. Um, but that's only because my, my kids and my husband are super annoying and I can never <laughs> get like blocked out time. But how like, long, how long were you there? Like how long did it, the, when you say block out time, you say two, yeah, three hours? Yeah, it's really not. Yeah, it's like they, they want you to have, they want somebody to drive you there and back. They didn't tell me that. Melanie ended up... Um, Dr. Mel, yeah. and actually she just changed her name, but she uh, ended up driving my truck home after. Got it. I think I would have been okay, but I still was just like still, I wasn't even high because of the drugs anymore. I was high from like... Your experience probably. Yeah. Like it was, I recommend it. I don't know anybody that, I mean, I could see why it would feel scary for people, but it is... I saw the universe. I saw the, I saw God. And I was going to say, this is such a cool experience here for me because I'm on the other side where I have seen other people have done these treatments. What I don't like about them with my background is they don't also provide the tools. Yeah. So they just like open up this mm. depression and this trauma, but mm. then they don't, those kids, teenagers, whatever, they don't have tools to like, okay, well I'm having this feeling again. Like, what do I do? Yeah. And that's what I was really mm. impressed about. Like I said, I was, um, paying very close attention to some of my students that were getting ketamine, asking questions and their parents were open. Um, parents and students tell me way too much. And like, <laughs> I learned, I learned like what, it, what was the room like? What was, you know, did a, and that they were always alone 
and there was no like it was like a medical treatment and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't taking care of anything and like the first thing I did when I sat down with Dr. Mel was mind you I've known her forever yeah you know but she's still like we sat and we gave our intentions Mm, and like what are you and like she's writing them down and of course it's like I don't even know where to start and um, saying them, just sitting there in itself, like in, like having somebody sitting across from me and just listing out things that are weighing me down mm. and not judging and not like anything like that in itself. And then she blesses you. And like there were times where I feel like my back was arched. I know that sounds really intense, but like back? I felt like, oh, yes, when I was ground, on the ketamine, like down. I was like, yeah. my back was arched, like where I was almost levitating. I was, I must have been smiling and laughing and not mm. delusional. I was just fucking happy, man, yeah. you know, and space. also feeling like I was healing and I was leaning into feelings, like literally leaning into like feelings. And there was points where I cried. Ugh. Oh, it was just amazing. But meanwhile, like every once in a while, I'd feel a hand. Yeah. So you she know? knew you weren't you weren't alone. Yeah. Either. So in terms of like like the the aftercare and like before care of ketamine, I think you do get that if you go to, you know, your insurance is paying for your ketamine treatment kind of places, you know. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. this is out of pocket. You're doing it for dude, a different it was reason. Worth it. It's crazy to hear stories like that about ketamine because I did ketamine in high school and well, I did you're not, not getting... have the experience. I know. I know you're not getting the real thing. But did it's you have so... the whole? I never did ketamine until I did it with. Um. I got into a K-hole once, yeah, with a couple what buddies. What does that mean? I, from, I, let me rephrase that. I, from what I remember and what I can relate to a K-hole, we had a, a good amount of ketamine. I was like maybe freshman year, and we were all sitting late at night, uh, Cave Creek area, in his um, uh, garage driveway, and we just kept doing it. And I come no, what is treating- it? It's like, is it pill form? No, no. Um, to how I understand a K hole is like you do so much of it, you kind of get like paralyzed. No, but I mean, like, it. how do you take the? Ketamine? Oh, we were oh. snorting a bunch of it, so we were um, treating it like cocaine. So, like, so we was had it a pills? Baggie. You crush it and then no, like, it was all it? in a little baggie. Oh, really? Yeah, it was wow. just, like pretty, pretty much cocaine, and I didn't know what it was. And at that time, I ever, hand me something and I'll take it. I know. I <laughs> and know. so, yeah, no, no, I, you cannot no do, that anymore. Not do that anymore. And I would never have thought of that moment because I didn't really think of it as like a euphoric. Um, uh, hallucinogenic it definitely like mellowed me out but to hear how, how many people it's helped and what that's going through I guess you can say the same thing yeah. for MDMA but ketamine See, seems I'm, to be that baseline I think too, of like I'm hearing this from sounds like your friend Dr. Mel thanks, mm-hmm. thanks Dr. Mel um, it sounds like she also because like my background with my spirituality I love that she brought in both elements mm-hmm. right because it's not just your physical and your mental it's your emotional and energetic body you have to heal as well oh, and I think because she's doing everything through the drumming right you're getting vibrations she's energetically probably helping that the energy smells. cleanse she the was smells. like like there was like at one point I'm not even kidding you it was like I got a mist of rose petals in my face like uh, not like actual like you know like yeah, the rose water or something like rose yeah. water in my face and it almost like she was guiding me like a light through it. See, and I think that's, that's like, beautiful. you know, talking about like doing ketamine in a driveway in Cave Creek. Like your you're not using it. You're no. not using it the way you should be using no, it. No, no, no. And that's you how know? I feel about like even, I mean, obviously like mushrooms I've done, yes, like not in a spiritual way, but like most of the time if I'm doing something, it's going to be with some intention behind yeah. it. Yeah. And I well, think now, that's beautiful. Yeah. But I was going to say kind of backing up because 
I told you, Nick, we could go on stories all day long. She has the best. <laughs> but when you um, met your husband, because I was going back to 29, or when you got engaged, yeah, were you open in the oh, same gosh. manner? I know you had done some hallucinating yeah, before, yeah. but like at the spiritual element, like finding yourself, like where were you uh, in your womanhood? I at wanted that point? to get married and have babies. Yeah. No like you way. always knew or that no, was just no, something no, no, like no, no, you oh. knew at that point. No, I knew like, um, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, when I turned 29 is my 29th birthday is when he proposed to me. So the day I turned 29 was the proposal and I feel like I ruined that day. Why? Because, well, first off, I'm really into musicals, like opera musicals. Okay. Like, give me some, like, opera singer in the corner, and I am like, yes. <laughs> and so there was this opera coming to town, and I bought tickets. Uh, La Bohème. I've never seen it, and I knew it was like, if you, even if you don't like opera, that's the opera to see. So okay. I'm, like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to get good seats. I'm going to buy two. I can, it's my birthday, so somebody's going to have to go with me. Yeah, I do not want my boyfriend to go with me because he's not going to enjoy it, and he's mm. going to be a pain in the ass. And so it, just because it's my birthday, you don't need to come with me. I'm going to go with my best friend's name is Teabag. I was like, Teabag will come. <laughs> like Somebody will, they'll love it, you know? Yeah. And he just kept insisting on it. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, let's go stay at, we'll stay downtown in a hotel and make a night out of it. And I was like, huh, downtown was starting to get fun. Yeah. You know, finally it wasn't like super dangerous and like dark, like nothing <laughs> yeah, there. So it was like, kidnapped. yeah. And we went to, uh, gosh, what is it? Seamus McCaffrey's, but what's that? It's uh, Hotel San Carlos. Mm. We stayed there. And, but we were driving there. I've, we were fighting about something. And I, I do know that I was being... A bitch. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't hey, happen anymore. It. He's <laughs> always wrong. But like, I was definitely like, I was irritated for something. And he proposed to me in the room when I was butt naked getting out of the shower. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, I'm butt naked. Like, this is, this is going to be our story. Hell like, yeah. You know? What a great story. I know. I but, think it's fitting. And then he took my phone. So Why? I couldn't call. I couldn't tell any of my family. He took it, took both phones, dumped it. And we went to like Durant's downtown. Heck yeah. And um, so we didn't tell anybody till the next morning. And we just like floated through like on the light rail was just kind of um, being used safely. Yeah, right. And everywhere we went, Tom was like, we're engaged. Like it was really cute. We, I could barely even sit. Finally, we're at the opera. I was like, I have to call. Like you have to let me call my mom. Yeah, say someone. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, and I sure. call my mom and she's just like does not believe in marriage. She loves my husband. But like, does not believe in marriage is like anti men, anti like the patriarchy. Like, oh my like, gosh. Well, if you, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> my dad, meanwhile, was like so excited. And then he's like, Is there something else you want to tell me? Is there oh, something else? And I was God. like, Oh, no, we're, no, we're not pregnant, you know? <laughs> but he was super, super excited. What's your ethnicity? Um, Irish in English. Okay, got yeah. it. Irish definitely comes I out. definitely, like, yeah. I identify, say, like, ugh, Irish, I guess, is in there. But. No, it's not bad at all. It's, it's crazy. Um, your relationship with your mom yeah. seems to be very uh, core in your life. It, might, it may have been up and down, may have been left and right, but from someone who's just getting to know you today, yeah. it seems like a lot of your foundation centers around Maybe your mom wasn't there. Maybe your mom was there. Maybe she had her ups and downs, but she seems to kind of have been the rock. She is. Or I someone mean, she, like influenced you for better I or for believe, worse yeah. so much. Right? I think that without coming off as a narcissist, I think that I'm tough. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I do not get afraid often. I always think there's a, like something to be solved. I think everything can, whatever, whatever approaches you, there's a solution. There's mm. a solution. How bad do you want to fucking make that solution happen is yeah. the question. You know, I was never afraid of a man. Mm. I was never like, I mean, I remember like probably like even 29, but in my 20s, I had so much fun. <laughs> and, but like, I was closing bars. You know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. by myself. And I was just like, come at me, motherfucker. Yeah. Like I'm waiting. Yeah. Like I'm having daydreams about like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I was going to say <laughs> killing somebody, but that sounds like yeah. kind of crazy. But like, just like try to assault me. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's how she it. like raised me. Like, yeah. Like she taught me how to like defend myself at such a age. She taught me how to like never depend on a man. I would, that's where my next comment was, yeah. is that my mom, um, unfortunately didn't learn that until after the divorce and so now she's very proud of my sister to be able to say okay you have your own job you have your own income yeah if worse comes to worse and he dies tomorrow it's not like you're left on the streets like you're not you're fully functioning yeah um it seems also that with what you just said you are very strong you've had to deal with a hell of a a lot lot. so you being that strong and the things that you had to go through Mm -hmm. i don't think if you didn't have one or the other, you wouldn't feel so grounded right now. Because no, if you were so hardened, but you had a cool life, or shouldn't say cool, but like an yeah. easy walk through the breeze life, I think that may have overpowered things. You may have been too much of a hard mm-hmm. ass. But then life, on the other hand, was like, all right, well, like you just said, I want to be hard, come at me. Life yeah. definitely kind of calls your bluff a lot. Yeah, you were yeah. waiting for no, the No, I mean, you, you know, and, yeah. and... And you didn't break, which is cool. You may have had your da- lefts and rights, oh, but I it broke. seems... Oh, when, no, I got, no. when, I got, okay. when I got plucked and, like, plopped into that, like, I am really fortunate, and I was mentioning before how I went, and I was saying mm. how, like, I never hallucinated with these kids from Fountain Hills and, like, never did that. I needed a reset button. Yeah. Um, and I gave myself that, and I think I was smart enough to do that, that I was just like, mm, I'm, I don't want to do that. And, like, totally. even they were doing, like, you know, lots of coke, and I think I, like, sleep. I, I think I've tried everything, like, once or whatever, but, yeah. like, that was never my jam. Totally. Like, I just, I enjoy to sleep, and I don't want to stay up, and granted, yeah. I've done that, but, like, yeah. it's not, but I have um, a group of girls from that school that are my, they are my rock. And I honestly, they couldn't have been more opposite of me when I landed in that town. Wow. And you know, we're 42, I'm older than them. Cause I also got held back. So I repeated freshman year, lucky <laughs> for me twice, but, um, they are some of the most amazing women and they've held me up and we've held each other up. And yeah. I'm so thankful that it's crazy. We couldn't be more like different in the same so Fountain Hills is still like, it's a special place. I bitch about it, but it, it was, there's nothing like those friendships from a small town, whether it's parents. Totally. Or. It made you know. who you are today. Yeah. I, I mean, going there versus going anywhere else could have been a completely different scenario. I like, was a high school teacher at Fountain Hills High School that made me like really solidified like what I wanted to do when it came to teaching. No way. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't a perfect student. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I landed in Fountain Hills. I was yeah. like, I'm an angel, <laughs> you know? Um, but these kids were like so wet behind the ears. So I, was, I give like my 10% partying and it was like nothing they've ever seen before. You <laughs> know, I was insane. voted like most wanted at a party year after year. And I'm like, I'm containing myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like, <laughs> you know, um, but 
<laughs> yeah. to go from I feel 21... like East Coast partying though and West Coast partying are oh. so, so different. different. I can only imagine how different. So they are. different. Yeah. So different. House parties in major cities, or even just like upscale or upside New York, you're going to completely different. I think loyalty vibes. changes oh, difference yeah. once yeah. you cross the Mississippi. I think there's a loyalty on the East Coast that like people can't register on the West Coast. No, well, I think too you have like such old history and families and just like. I don't know. Yeah. I've met I neighborhoods. Some neighborhoods. Mm. I have Ethnic some new friends that are very, like. yeah. very uh, East Coast, and mm. so being around them or traveling out there and getting to know them, I'm like, oh, okay. Do you go back different. at all? I do. We're actually, it's the first summer where we haven't, besides COVID. But yeah, I usually, with my summers being off, which I love it, um, I'll take my kids back for like three weeks at a time. And now they're getting that like super cool age. So I'm yeah. like, we're not going. We're going to Alaska this summer. Cool. And. Um, and so we're not going, but I think we're going to go in October, but yeah. That's I awesome. Put my kids, I love bringing them there. I want them to shuck oysters on college break. Hell yeah. I want them to go in the lobster boats. I want them to go to college in Massachusetts. I want them to, and they love it. It's their favorite city. So right. if I keep drilling in their head, like maybe my family line can keep reproducing where it should. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So not like. In the desert. <laughs> yeah, not in the desert. It's, yeah. it's like Bostonian Bridgerton where you're just like oh pushing that God. breed over there. <laughs> Good thing I know I just watched those episodes yes, with you. you did. There it is. Yeah, I know which one? The Queen of Cathy. Yeah, Cath that's right. Yeah, watched the last few of them. It was so a cool good. one. It's so cool. But <laughs> oh. I was going to say, and then how did, okay, got engaged. Yeah. What was your wedding like? Good oh question. Because you got married really quick. Cool, I mean, quickly. Yeah. So, January to October. So when we talk about those girlfriends from high school, when I was 29, we were um, all getting into our serious relationships. We really did everything at the same time. And the funny part about these girls is that I was friends with these different types of kids and these girls that were it's a small town, so everybody was friends. It wasn't like the five or six of us hung out in high school as a group. We were all very different. Hmm. But as we got older, mm -hmm. like we sort of, we, we had been a part of each other's lives at some point, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like we sort of came together. So we got in serious relationships together, coincidentally. Um, and then uh, Teabag. <laughs> but I love saying that yeah. on, on the podcast. <laughs> Teabag, if you're listening. Um, uh, she also slept with my brother, and, <laughs> which is the teabag name. There it but is. Anyway, oh, that's like. besides the point. Um, <laughs> but she got engaged, and she, her wedding was set in like September, Labor Day, down in Tucson. And okay. then Chantel got engaged soon after, and she's in November. And then I got engaged last. They've been engaged for like a year. And then I like totally squeezed in. Right nice. in between. And like right in between, like now I think about it, I'm like, what an asshole. Yeah. But I didn't want to like, wait, you know? It was like, yeah. we had to pay for the wedding ourselves. Um, we have such good friends. Like we had so many people... Um, I lived in my twenties, I lived in a house full of gay men. One of them ended up marrying like a huge event planner in Phoenix. So I got like a free event planner. Hell yeah. Oh, that's and cool. then, um, he, I got the catering at cost. I, we did a wedding. It was like at a yoga studio in Mesa. It's called in the bungalow. I don't think it exists anymore, but the outside grounds are like beautiful. Mm. And, uh, we had like 150 People. Wow, you had a big wedding. It was a big Decent wedding. Size. Um, I cared about the music. I hired this. There was this band. I gotta look them up. There was this band that I saw. They used to play at Rosie McCaffrey's back in 2004, and I loved it. It was a guy and girl, and they covered like Fleetwood Mac and like Ben Harper and like like just Tori Amos. They'd bust out with Linus Moore. It was just like, oh my god, they were so too. like chill and cool, and I loved them. 
And I always thought about them. And when we were thinking about music at our wedding, I was like, I just like, well, people are at like the cocktail hour. I want them to play. And it's like, how am I going to find them? Internet isn't what it is now. It's like, how am I going to find them? And we went into this restaurant that just opened up in South Scottsdale. And I walk in. This is six years later. I've been thinking about them for six fucking years. And I walk in and they're there playing. Holy and I was like, how much to play at my wedding? And the price they gave me was so ridiculously cheap. Oh, good And for I was that. like, oh. this isn't. I just wanted to be like, you could have told me like 15 times that <laughs> and I would have and been I like, done, done, done. Yeah, whatever you want. We're not having flowers. The waters are playing. Yeah. You know? It was great. The waters is a cool The waters, yeah. yeah. What got you great. so into music? You said that twice. Oh, um, my, my whole family is like musical. Cool. My, my mom and her sister. So my mom comes from a, uh, a group of five girls. And they were like the Partridge family. They did like the five-part harmony and like dressed up together like in the 60s. Yeah. And went around and they could harmonize. Like I grew up like them drinking wine and they would, my mom wouldn't necessarily, because you know, she has to be the tough one. She was a bully, they say, you know, finding stories out later on in life. She was a real bully. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I I got into musical theater when I was young. I loved choir. It was definitely my safety zone. Choir, when I moved to Fountain Hills, I found out they were going to New York. New York City was their field trip, and now I can go to field trips. Because my grandparents, like, I moved into a situation where I was living the life. Oh. Mm-hmm. I had the view, a pool. I had, like, a patio. It wasn't like it was a mansion, but it was... Way different. Somebody was had. doing my laundry. Dinner was on the table when I came home. They wouldn't wow. let me get a job. You know, they're like, just be a kid. They just wanted me to be a kid. And I was like, all right. They no. gave me keys to, like, the Pathfinder. Like, they trusted. They loved my friends. I'd be grounded, and my friends would come over and hang out with my grandparents. We had Hell a piano. Yeah. We had guitars, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I got involved with um, the choir, I just wanted to get to New York City. I think in my head I was <laughs> thinking I could escape. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, and, like, and, like, head back to Boston, even though I know it was my choice, or at least they made me feel like it was my choice. Yeah. I still had, like, such a desire to, like, get back there. But, um, yeah, I just, I've always loved it. I've, like, loved to sing. I love music. I love the way that, I, that's what I love about teaching English, because it's, mm. like, if I find a song on the radio that I absolutely adore, I teach it to 150 kids. That's so And I was cool. like, let's dissect it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever listen to that podcast? It's literally called Dissect. I don't think so. They no. go through uh, albums and they like break down oh. every song, what they do. It's so like interesting. For the meaning, yeah. yeah, the lyrics and well, sometimes I give it to them and I don't break it down first. It's like, wow, I like this song and I made this mistake when I was at Desert Mountain High School. <laughs> and it was um, and they have to go through this like 12-step process. It's like number the lines, do this. Like you have to look it up. You have to whatever. And I had them do it to, uh, God, what is that song? It's Hoosier, Take Me to Church. Mm. Oh, yes. I think you oh, mentioned this story. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know uh, what it was about. I just liked the song. I have no and idea. And I think I had a sub that day. So I just picked a random like song that I was listening to. It's totally about having sex. Oh, is yeah. it really? Like it's, it's totally really like right. my, oh. my like Christian <laughs> and like Mormon babies were just like, I'm so surprised I didn't get like parent phone calls. Oh, but parents loved God. me. It didn't matter. Like hey. parents, no matter what I did. They were just, I would get parents, they would start out angry. By the end of it, they're like, we're best friends. We're yeah. happy hour. I love yeah. de-escalating. Give me conflict. Oh, I'm like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, let me break you is what I yeah. say. Let me yeah. break you for sure. In yeah. the greatest way possible. Meaning like you meet someone who might not want to talk to you or they are 
there's a, a confrontation happening. It's like, yes, let's do this together. We'll figure it out. Like there has, like you said earlier, there has to be a solution or a resolution at mm-hmm. some point during this. Let's just find yeah. it. These angry parents are just scared. I mean, yeah. sometimes like in the wrong, I mean, I don't ever get parents coming at me for things that I'm teaching my students. The mm. best compliment, I know I told you this, I'm pretty sure I told you this, Grace, but one of the best comp during COVID, during that dumpster fire of a year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was crying in the Walgreens parking lot. <laughs> I was like, I don't teach. I'm fortunate enough to teach because my husband makes money. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to teach. Mm. But um, he makes money, so I get to do what I love, and I don't have any pressure of like, fire me. Like, yeah, what right. the fuck yeah. are you going to do? Like, fire me. Like, yeah. come on. Like, you know, and I don't push it. But my student um, at the end of that year said to me, I can't, none of us can figure out your political affiliation. We are so confused. And I was like, that is the best compliment I've ever had. Absolutely. You know, because I don't, I just want to, I'm just going to give you information to make up your own mind. Yeah. You know, but I'm also not going to pussyfoot around like the Afghanistan war. I'm not going to pussyfoot around like, like what's happening in Syria. Totally. Like I'm not going to like, I'm sorry your kid walks in and I show you a picture of, you know. A bomb like, going off or yeah. a leg blown up. But these up, kids, yeah. like I'm teaching these, these kids out of my school are, they're smart. They're going to be leaders. They're going to be like the leaders of our government. Yeah. They will be. Like, and they're going to be great. And like if I can give them just like a little piece of humanity, if while we're reading about the Holocaust, I can get them to recognize like the violation of human dignity like if you're 45 years old in the senate and you're visiting some sort of war crime mm-hmm. mm. i hope that you think about like us defining terrorism i Absolutely. hope that you remember i don't know because they are going to be the leaders it's a pretty big weight and i think you're the first teacher i've ever spoken to in the sense of like a human to human aspect yeah. that i've have not only said my students can't determine my political yeah. preferences but also um, I don't, I feel like when I was growing up, you heard about the teachers that you're talking about yeah. as, as you're holding yourself accountable. And I've had one or two of them, I would say in my years, but most of them, I don't feel like took the seriousness into what, not teaching math, but being it, like you used to say, like I'm in charge of 60, 120 babies or kids. And well, that's what I was saying when I, when I went to Desert Mountain and I finally, like, I was like, I'm not going to the school because this principal hasn't been south of Shea. I ended up getting a call back. And like I said, I wasn't really necessarily, I didn't need to go back, but I was kind of bored and I really like interviewing. Yeah. I'm going to interviews for fun. I, I didn't even it. want the job. Totally. I love interviewing. And um, they called me back and there was a new principal and she was from Brooklyn. Mm. And you know, they want you to like come in. I was like, I already said, I'm not, you know, and they're like, no, it's a new principal. I said something about the prince, previous prince. I was like, we're not going to fit, Yeah. you know, it's not worth the money to not fit with like yeah. the alignment. Yeah, don't need it. And I sat with her and it was a very casual conversation. I knew within like 15 minutes we had the same like ideology. I knew that she had seen like what works and what doesn't. I know that she's had more than just white students, mm. you know, mm. and... I started working there and within like a month I called my aunt and uncle, my godparents in Massachusetts and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't want to be here. I felt more satisfaction working with these kids where I didn't have a white student for four years, you know, Mm. at South Mountain uh, High School and um, I loved it and it was so satisfying. It was, I loved 
that demographic. What did you love about it so much? Like, what was the difference? Just the respect they that they're showing to you? or The respect they were shown, the openness. And I taught freshmen, you know? Mm. And so they had to be there legally. Oh, yeah. Um, but they were... They just wanted an adult that loved them. Right. That, like, yeah. you know, versus I couldn't get a parent involved to Desert Mountain. It's like, you're way too involved, bro. Step back. Like, totally, your kid yeah. Pull it, Grace. I'm just trying to go lower. Oh, wrong one. All right, never mind. I was going to one lower. But so I called my aunt and uncle, and um, I said, I can't, I shouldn't be at the school. I'm going to leave. Like, I don't even want to be here. They're not, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I going to do with this demographic? And it was the best thing they ever said to me. And they said, you are in a situation where these kids are going to be, have the opportunities to be in the echelon of government. Mm. You have this opportunity to be in this space in their brain to where you can give them the opportunity to have some critical thinking skills and not like mold them to think what I want them to yeah. think. I don't want them to think what I, the way, I don't even know how I think. <laughs> I don't even like know what the fuck CRT this. is. Yeah. And by the way, no school district has the money to adopt CRT. So let's just like. What is that? CRT is what they're complaining about, like the teaching critical, critical race, race theory. theory. Yeah, yes. hey, Tom Horn, baby. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 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 <laughs> um, but my door closes in my classroom, and everybody leaves me alone. Right. You know, I don't do anything that I can't pack up. Mm. And I, every single student gets a signature page where it's a permission thing, where you know teachers are getting fired for giving lists. These are my favorite books. Here you go. Try reading this. Like you give your favorite book and a kid reads it and there's something in there about some, anything. Yeah. You know, and those are the best books. Of course. Yeah. Break away from the norm that you may have. And so it, we're stuck reading like Shakespeare, which all he does is write about penises, mm-hmm. everything. There's yeah. like a two page monologue that I have to teach my fresh, my juniors, no sophomores. And all it does is talk about like, the repercussions of alcohol and the erection. And wow. so and like, What's believe you that? me, do I stop at that part and explain <laughs> it? Sure do. Because these parents want me to teach the classics. Let's talk about you know? it. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what he means here? Do you do you know what oh okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, do wasn't you, it? Sure. Oh, I was saying, wasn't <laughs> it last year you were saying you had that list where you sent home and you had them had their parents sign to sign off that they could read or watch. Yeah, the permission you. slip was like I give my student um the right to choose whatever book they want to read. Yes, that's mm. what it was. And then yeah. that way it just like covers me because my students, I feel like I have a book club of 120 kids. Like we're... Whoa, what a cool thing to think so about. It's so cool. Like. And then I have students who are like, some of us have the same taste and like I'm always reading and then I see what they're reading and then like I'll sit and talk about it and like if, if I don't care about, I don't care if you can even write an essay, but if you can find the way to love a book by the time you leave me and I, I hammer it into them. Wow. Like it can be painful for kids that don't read yeah. Yeah. I would to enter struggled. my class. But I will. You're an AP though? All it's this pre, is AP? It's pre, so I'm like okay. the gateway. Got it. it. Oh, at least you're yeah. setting them up. You are doing exactly yeah. what you should be doing. You're setting them up for a like decent, successful career. But I'll, get, I'll hand them like uh, a low level reading, like John Grisham book. You mm. know, here's a boy that doesn't, he's an athlete. And so he's just like whizzing by and like, kind of paying attention while reading Great Gatsby, but, like, you, yeah. he's not going to pick a book for entertainment. No. no. But, yeah. you know, you, you get to know him, and, you know, I had one kid who, um, oh, my gosh, he's one of my favorites, but he's in the JROTC program. He's very military-like driven, and I handed him, like, Lone Survivor, which is a mm. book in my 20s that I just loved, and I was like, 
read it. It was hard for him to get through, but then he felt like he had to because now he wants to make sure he doesn't let me down. Totally. So we got through Lone Survivor. Hell yeah. He finally gave it back to me. Um, so there's nothing better. For the audience, not me. Is that the same movie that they re-did uh, re yeah. with Marcus Luttrell? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, no. Well, with Marcus Luttrell is the... Um, is the the character of Lone Survivor, and I believe Mark Wahlberg. Wal okay, okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But his, yes, yes, yeah. yes. The yeah. actual. And he just got his ass kicked. For the viewers, and he yeah, just for got the his, viewers. For the viewers, I obviously <laughs> know the answer to that. Yeah. Um, but once I get these permission slips from the parents, and I see this kid, and he's like, "I hate a book," and it's like I have certain. There's like ten books, especially for my boys, where they're like, they're fighting it. I have one about uh, what is it, the Iceman Killer? It's the serial killer. He's re like, it's a true story. No it's way. his own. Oh, dude, it's, it's sick. I would it love is to a have it. Sick book. That's crazy. It's so good. But these boys that are like, you know, I'm not gonna read, dude. They, Ugh. and then they get that satisfaction when they get to that last page and they close it and they look and they see like, I just finished this fucking thing. It's crazy. That's and I liked it. Too. And yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't like a struggle and yeah. They may not have to write an essay over it. I really enjoyed no, having this, right? Just yeah, I don't want you to write an essay. Just read it. Do you think? Um, do you think being a teacher has uh, allowed you to kind of take a step back to everything that you've gone through? At, as yeah, remotely as a kid, but like I guess I don't have oh, that every day. Right? I had a kid yesterday that looked like this kid that I went to high school with, <laughs> and I had, and that happens all the time. It happens where you're, it's all of a sudden you're brought back to that like age, and um, and I there was a teacher next to me. I was like, and I asked because I was like, maybe it's just me. I was like, do you have kids that come in that just are spitting images of, of these kids? Like I could tell you this kid's name. That's what That's this insane. kid looks like, and she's like, all the time. And you favor them. You yeah, can't help you can't it, but you're help like, it, of course. you're like, oh, you know, little Timmy, get on over oh. here, you'll be fine. He's like, my name's Bradley or something yeah. else. <laughs> it's cool to hear. Um, it's cool to hear the situations that you've gone through, and I have to ask because I feel like it's a normal or a typical question that I ask on this. But we're preparing for not only marriage but having kids. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the things that you went through when you had your first kid, mm -hmm. um, were you anticipating? the gravitas of having a kid or how did that kind of get dropped into your world as a 30 year old going or a little bit older kids, but you were saying as soon as you right like you yeah were, and it took we struggled mm. so i thought that like we were gonna have a honeymoon baby like i knew not mm. that like i always i knew i didn't want my kids in my 20s mm. i mean i got 20 to marry but like by the time even after like not that i need to be married to have a kid but yeah um I knew i was enjoying my 20s so much that like it was not going to be re i can be be responsible for myself. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember going to this like organic farmer over here somewhere in the city and he was like this really profound guy and this is wise. He was Indian, but not native American, but living on the reservation, salt river. And he does all the organic farming over, over there. Wow. And I ended up like on his farm in this like weird room. And I remember asking him like, because I loved my cats so much. Mm. This is going to sound... I loved my animals so much. And I, and I said to him, I was like, I don't understand how there's more love available because I love these fucking animals so much. And he's just like, there's no way to explain it. And there's no way to actually put it into words. Like, what you feel when you see this, like, human that you need to protect. You're constantly scared. You're constantly, like... You're going to feel like a failure as a parent. 
you know, the best thing is to get other parents around you. Don't be like those parents that have no parent friends. Yeah. Yeah. Like make it your job mm. to find that parent friend that you can hang out with that lives near you, that has the kids the same age. You can just like kick it and complain and kick also, it, complain, uh, but like, hey, sign them up for their same extracurricular activities. So you can carpool. Yeah. Like, you know, you can always count on each other. Um, I think childbirth was one of the most powerful things I've ever been through. I was so scared of it. Oh. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm it was of it. C-section. You don't have to do it. I'm still terrified of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, terrified my, of my it. husband had to get like help during the like he went white and he had to sit down and they had to oh, give him juice. Job. I know. Oh, <laughs> so I was sad. I'll really probably sad. be there doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a lot more queasy in my older years, but yeah, it's I'm also pretty terrified of it too, but it's, <laughs> I, I am very, um, but it's wonderful. I mean, these kids, yeah. I see my kids, I watch them sleep even this morning, like both kids end up in my bed, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, yeah you're nice. very, but it's like but really, oh, I'm, with your kids. I'm yeah, they're Morgan's a monster right now, but what do you mean by, what did you mean by that statement? Like the, uh, Meaning it's not a normal thing for parents to have kids. No, no. My kids oh, should really? not be in my bed at this age. No, no. Really? No. Why? <laughs> because I should have sex with my husband. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not going to be like and that weird cuppy, like hippie yeah, I, couple that's like, like, no. Go, yeah, right. no, no. I was thinking, what, did they sleep in the bed or did they come yeah, in Yeah, and even the if they like kick them out, like they're just, it's like. They're there. They'll, I can get them in their beds at one point. Sometimes I don't even bother. I'm like, I don't even care. You know, whatever. Yeah. And other times I'll put them in their bed. I wake up. They're still, they're there. They're there. <laughs> but they're so, my kids are so good looking. Yeah. They're so cute. Oh, you are very cute. Yeah. I mean, they, they are, I know how to make babies. I'm glad I got my tubes tied. I yeah. definitely got my tubes tied after two. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. it got worse the second. Yeah. I was oh. just the, your body's used to it. Your muscles aren't as strong. And so oh. it just like kind of hurts to carry it more. Plus, I, I had postpartum really bad. Really? And then, That's probably one of the things I'm most nervous about. For both. My son was the worst. My daughter was, I thought, was bad. And then I didn't know what bad was until my son was What does born. that mean? What is postpartum? Post- I understand it, but like, what is the feeling? Can you articulate that to me? It's so different. So for my daughter, it was this, it was not an instant. She was born and I was like, here's my baby. Like, I actually like mentally detached at one point where... I was home by myself with her, and I didn't recognize that she was my child. Hmm. I knew she was a child in the same room that I was responsible for. I wasn't, like, going to hurt my kid. Yeah. But, like, I was just like, this is my job. I'm just watching somebody else's kid. I did not. And it wasn't consistent. It was just, like, small mental breaks with my son. I was, like, in fetal position in a car. I was scared to be alone with him. Whoa. I was really scared. But I was, like, really paid attention to postpartum discussions before I had kids and the best thing to do was was to talk about it so like anytime I felt anything I talked about it I was like this is how I'm feeling this is what I'm doing and made like my OBGYN aware I made Tom aware mm. yeah because it's not like friends you take anything aware. if you're nursing too at that point so I like well I couldn't nurse so with Morgan oh, okay. she never latched and then I just pumped and then I gave her formula so then I was like well I must have had postpartum because I didn't have that connection and then with my son um I didn't. What was it? So it was the, my suffering through pumping because she wouldn't latch. And then my aunt from Massachusetts again came out and she's like, I was miserable. I was miserable. And she's like, just stop. Mm. But there's so much pressure with women and breastfeeding. Mm. And I was like, okay, I can't do that. Like I can't. She's like, just stop. And I stopped and it was the best thing. No way. And so then with my son, I didn't do any of that. And, um, 
you know, I had worse postpartum. So Yeah, and I think that's just part of, like, because that's the big thing uh, I'm nervous about, just with mental health stuff already on top of it. I think that caring for that long, I don't like that idea of it, of having a baby in my tummy that long. And also the That's the best part of it. I I'm telling know. you, that's this is this is my argument with that is that it was the one time, the only time in my life that I didn't have to share that child. It was mine. Mm. It's oh, not. I've it's not that. my husband's. Yeah, it's not anybody else. That. Like I miss. I still like to this day when I like sleep on my side. I sometimes have like phantom. Like there was nothing better than like my kid moving. My husband can't feel it. My my cat. I was convinced my cat knows where <laughs> yeah, I was. But um, I missed that. I missed that. Like mm. you are mine and mine alone. And the second you pop out of me, I now need to share you. Wow. Relatives are gonna start arguing. You know, it's so funny. Uh. And I've heard that from girlfriends of like uh, had their first kid, and part of their postpartum has been that part of like not wanting to necessarily share. So they had like a lot of stipulations around after having the baby and coming home, like no family except like maybe the mom's mom was allowed to be at the house for the first, like, how many days. Was Just because that was, like, a, I just had you all to myself, and now I have to share with my husband. I had to share with the doctors. I had to share you with, Man, you know, all the I things. did not even... I thought postpartum depression, which is... I'm so thankful and so fortunate for this podcast because I get to learn so much and meet new people, but... Um, as well as not, but... Uh, I thought postpartum depression was, like, you... Um, were upset because you weren't pregnant anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. So That's cute. honestly Well, okay. I, On my defense, don't have any kids. I'm just speaking from what I have mm. heard and I've read myself. It's different for everybody. Mm. There's yeah, detachment. The thing is, like, there's it's no, detachment there's, to the husband. We can't even say like, that's not accurate too. Because yeah, that's true. That could oh. be accurate could for, be. for some woman wow. when her postpartum could have been triggered from the fact that now she has to share her child or now that she's not yeah. like... Or your partner, your body, you're just like cry for no reason. And then there's like, I learned about, which uh, a girlfriend of mine, I didn't even know that there's the extended version of postpartum where it lasts like that full year after. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I thought it was just like a few months after. And then you'll kind of like level back out hormonally. But it's it's, it's hard to level back out without seeking some help. I mean, really, you know? My kids are 21 months apart, and I think that I did deal with in the sense that I was able to talk about it, and then I forgot about marijuana in my life at that point, and Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, and I went to the dispensary. They were now legal in Arizona, because now it's 2014, and I was... was with my daughter. I was dealing with postpartum and I went and they have like, that's what like, so is incredible what these dispensaries are doing. They're making strains for specific things mm-hmm. and they have strains now. And, and at the time there was like, I feel like there was only like one or two strains, like mother's helper is what they called it. Wow. And, but like it was, um, and any dispensary you went to, you'd say mother's helper and they would know. Like they would, they would have strains for postpartum and wow. it was one of the only things cause my doctors put me on meds. They like did. And I was like, Oh great. I'm not sad anymore, but I also feel fucking nothing. You're not. Yeah. That's the and, worst problem. And then with those. mother's helper, I would just do a little toot toot in the morning. It wasn't like I was smoking it all day. It yeah. was just a little boop boop. Get me going. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then when I hit postpartum with my son, I kind of forgot about it. I forgot about it cause I'm going nuts and I'm pregnant and I'm like hungry and like fat and like <laughs> And, and all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah, mother's helper. Went to the dispensary, got it, and like within like a month, I was no like feeling, way. yeah. 
It's so cool to hear that you have so many, and I know we've only touched on two, but there's, you're willing to find help in non-ordinary 2022 or 2023, even 2027 or 2017. Um, typical ways in the mainstream because I'm well, assuming at from, that I come point, from a family of addicts and so like I mm. I don't I am very anti-pill and <sighs> not that I don't like if if you tell me you're on Zoloft or you tell me you're on this like I'm not judging yeah totally I know for me I don't want to I don't want to like like live in that world because I yeah. don't think well, and I think I it goes back myself. same thing, right? Great, the mental health, ne- ha- yeah. mental health, and the addiction in my family, like, and that was so quick. They just put that, like, here you are, but again, you don't have the tools to like move forward on it, and it's just like, okay, well, now I'm numb, and I don't feel anything. And then I had brothers who didn't want to take their meds because they didn't feel anything. Yeah. Right. So then they're not taking their ADD meds or bipolar, whatever it is, and then it's like a cycle back around again and yeah, you're just, just right back on you're it. right back yeah or I mean, you feel so my mom um takes meds yeah and uh for a very long time she would go through part, parts where she would be on the meds let's say two three six months and then you start feeling like well i'm doing good why do i need the meds anymore so then you stop taking the meds and then you go to well, it's just like it's and, just like aa Mm-hmm. Where people are in AA and they're like, I'm sober, I'm good, I don't need AA anymore. And then they stop going to meetings yeah. because they're good. And guess what mm-hmm. happens? They fall back down. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. tough. It's so it's really cool to tough. hear that you're willing to go through, I mean, ayahuasca mm-hmm. may have not a hit, but you're willing to no. kind of travel out. That was disgusting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you're the first person I finally... No, I'm I, will say, I, will, it, I will say this. I will say this. I did have... I did have, and I think it's because talking about like the ramifications of doing so much acid totally. at a young it's age. First, I mean, I was, I, went there. I was doing 10 hits of acid at a time Wow! because I was selling it like sheets and I was like 13 and like, like, and, and when you do acid and you want to trip again the next day, you and have more, to double the more. dosage. Ugh. And so there was a point, you know, but, um, and so with things like ayahuasca, you're always trying to reach like a not a peak, but like a peak, I guess. And it was just like very subtle. Um, It was, I definitely had visions of my daughter, Mm. that my daughter was drowning. Actually, can we talk about this? Because this this gives me the chills every time I hear this. Yeah, I would like you, Nick, and the viewers to hear. There it is. Oh, the story of the ayahuasca thing? Okay, so I went to Peru. This was uh, with my Dr. Mel friend. Hippie little. I would like whatever. to meet her. I have I to meet like, her. Oh, you, sh- you need to go to her. Like, she's just, I want to be a patient. <laughs> she's not negative. Oh, like, yeah. she's just like, what do you need? Yeah. Like, you'll go in and be like, eh, and all of a sudden she's like poking needles in my head. She also gives me great Botox, uh, which hello. is like besides the point. God, what but anyway, this woman do? I know, I know. <laughs> what doesn't she do? So, anyway, so she's like, I want to go to, um, she's bringing a group of women to Peru. She wants me to come. Um, I have babies at home. And I'm like, I don't know if I can go to Peru. And she's like, you don't need to pay. Um, I got it covered. Just like, I think she even got my plane ticket. I don't remember, but she wanted me to be in Peru. And so we get to Peru and um, um, I kept, I got my tea leaves red and they kept on talking about my daughter having a bully. And I'm thinking at this time, my daughter's in like preschool, like pre-preschool, like daycare. I'm like, yeah, there's little bitches on the park. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like whatever. (laughs) And it didn't click until, and then I went and like hiked this mountain with a shaman and his wife and, you know, with sandals on, by the way, because nobody told me I was hiking a mountain to there go 
you know, so I'm really like, I'm in, literally in Pumas, like sandals. Like, I don't even know. Like, what am I doing? I'm like hiking in the jungle. I'm literally <laughs> in the jungle. Like what? And I go there and there's like gross moldy. Oh, it doesn't matter. But it was like blankets everywhere. So we drink this ayahuasca and um, I kept seeing, and it wasn't like a bad trip, but I kept seeing my daughter drowning hmm. and, and like needing to be saved and needing to be rescued and, it wasn't a bad trip. Like I said, it wasn't like a bad freak out trip. It was just like, I need to get the fuck off this mountain. And I got off the mountain, uh, teabag again, mentioning her name again. Mm-hmm. She called me cause she ran into my daughter at a pool party. She's like, just want to let you know, like saw Morgan. She's great. Everybody's good. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy that she, she knew to call me, you yeah. know? But, um, like two months later, my daughter was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer and her fourth birthday was her first round of chemo. And like looking back on like all of these things that these like different ayahuasca ceremonies produce, these tea leaves, like every single one of them was like the theme was my daughter having a bully. Mm. And it was like they were all pointing to the fact that his journey she's yeah, about to go that she you was about, to, about go to go on. Yeah. How does that make you feel um, both as the mother towards the daughter, but then yeah. someone who may be able to like uh, disassociate herself from that scenario. I don't disassociate myself with it. I am oh, more, okay. I am more. <laughs> meaning, like, meaning uh, looking into, if, like if I were to tell you that story, yeah. like how does that compute in your head? How, of that? I like, think, no, what computes right? going back to like the motherly thing, my entire motherly, and you do, you have this instinct with your children you will not have it as a man, and I'm sorry. And I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time. You won't have it. You will have it. And it doesn't matter whether that child comes from your body or not. Like, you will have this instinct, this intuition. And before she was even, we had gone, after we went to Peru, I took my kids to Boston for, like, three weeks. And Morgan wasn't really eating. She wasn't pooping. I look back at the pictures now, and it's like, I mean, she was so uh, bloated. Mm. But, like, her stomach was, like, um, but she was also that age where you could be a chunky toddler and like, and you know growing what I mean? Like, up. Like, yeah. Race, yeah. And yeah, going into four, you said, right. Going into, well, she was three. Yeah. We were got playing it. her fourth birthday. And then when we got home from Boston, we had an early flight and we laid in bed to nap and she woke up. And I remember it was a very fleeting thought looking at her and thinking she fucking looks like she has cancer. It was like a very instant, boop, boop, you know, those thoughts that are like, yeah. boop, boop. and by noon the next day she had cancer. No way. Yeah, she had cancer. And it was like the entire journey was like mother instincts, you know. Did you take time off during that or were you still working? Yeah, it was two weeks before I was supposed to start back at Desert Mountain. Mm. And I called the principal and said, this is what's happening. And should I take a leave of absence and should I not? And all it does is protect my job. But it's like, I'm a teacher. I can get, yeah, can get there's job. What job? I mean, come on. You need me more than I need you. But totally. I didn't want to... Sc- like, the biggest thing is, is that I didn't want to screw these freshmen because at the time it was freshmen. It was like, you don't deserve your first... And plus, it was honors, too. Yeah. Like, you don't need a sub. You need, like, a solid teacher. And so I felt like if I resigned, then they'd be able to hire. Yeah. Like, it all worked out. I don't know how that even works. But, yeah. But yeah. 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 That's so crazy. Um Again, I have to say this because I'm tripping myself out. This is the first time I'm meeting you. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for being so open. Yeah. yeah. It is an insane thing to hear all of these stories and to look at you and to truly not only see who you are as a person, but I've never spoken to someone with so many stories that from what you're giving to me right now has no like animosity, mm-hmm. regret, 
um, frustration. Mm-mm. Like, does that has that always been you, or is I definitely don't have regret. I have major, like, I was crying in my classroom today because uh. my daughter's labs were like, there's a number that's like off, which isn't, it isn't, I have some major PTSD from like living in the hospital with her and like, um, you know, there was a point where it's like, how the fuck do I have a funeral for my daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I live? Yeah. There, but, but I was always like, I was always super positive. Mm. I was always like, so thankful that we had a monster that we could battle. Like we had a chemo protocol that could fight a cancer. Like I would meet moms and I ended up being like a veteran mom at one point on the seventh floor at Phoenix children's hospital and God bless their hearts. They're just the nurses, like they were my friends. I knew the nurses dating life. (laughs) I was like, okay, so where did the doctors have sex with the nurses? Like Like, I know like, like we were there for so long, like there was yeah. nurses that were like dating, and then by the time we were leaving, they were engaged, oh. and, you know, and they'd like be on Tinder dates, and um, you know, they're like this cute. It was just, it was. I, I learned so much about the medical field. I had so much fun with the like, the the residents and the fellowships, and mm. I had a fun game of like I could tell by just looking at you what you did. Like you could tell a surgeon. Hell yeah! Holy shit! These fucking surgeons that like literally perform brain surgery on a child. Just think about like their presence in an elevator. Yeah. Like you don't even, you're just like sitting there and you look at their tag, it's like surgical neural and they're in a children's hospital. It's like you fucking operate on, like it's insane. Like these people that like, like take their whole lives to save these kids. It's, it's absolutely incredible. But I, Morgan doesn't remember it whatsoever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Um, for her. <laughs> it's great for her. It's yeah. really great for her. I worry that if something were to uh, happen, like I, I'm so thankful she was young. Yeah. But I, I, there's not a moment that I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. There's not like one single thing. The, you know, my first night there, I remember kids screaming, and I slept in a bed with Morgan that first night. Like she had just been diagnosed noon that day. Now I'm at PCH, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm on the cancer ward. <laughs> it's crazy. And this nurse comes in to like check her blood pressure. It's in the middle of the night and I grab her hand and I'm like, do kids die here? I remember asking her that, like, do kids die here? Cause I didn't know like anything about anything. Totally. Totally you agreeing know? to the scenario. Yeah. And then it got to the point where like I could see a mother walking down and I could tell exactly where she was in the stage of accepting Ugh. her child has cancer. And then I'd meet mothers who I was lucky to where my daughter got diagnosed, um, and then it takes a little bit, like a couple of days to find out if once they, like you have cancer, but let's find out strain. what type of cancer. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then that with the, str- it takes a hot minute and then there's strains that can't be fought and there's strains. It's like, we have a fighting chance. Wow. And Morgan had one that was like, we have a fighting chance. But the moms that are just like basically told by four that afternoon, like just go home and make your kids comfortable. I would become friends with those mothers and it, it how could you not be thankful like fucking, I was so thankful every day I'd meet these mothers and I'd be like, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's so crazy. Too. I can't imagine, but I can't imagine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and to that point of you having to sit there from noon to now you're sleeping in a bed at PCH, um, life truly does throw you things in the mm-hmm. sense of how the hell are you supposed to prepare for that? There's not a book. There's not Well, I would say your experience. mom. I like a well, lot of okay. that. Like I was going to go back on like your mom, maybe not for the same right reasons or right or wrong, but she taught you to be so tough. 
Like, because I think of other women probably wouldn't been able to but handle. I'd like to argue that when it comes to raising children as women, and and you know, granted, there's some moms that might not have that like bug, but we're talking about like cancer. Your kid has cancer. We're not talking about like True. making sure your Tom's kids like, eat yeah. their vegetables. Oh, you know what I mean? Worse. Like, yeah. if there's like yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're facing. You are literally as a parent in a situation where you're fighting for your child's lives, and that's why they are treating. Um, and as I was there, there was some doctors that were doing some studies about, um, they were comparing the PTSD from the, um, veterans from Iraq coming back, the PTSD from the parents living on the oncology ward, they're treating them the same. Like the PTSD Mm -hmm. treatments are exactly the same because you are in a battle. You're seeing casualties all around you. You're seeing like you are literally fighting for your child's life. Wow. I can just like, and I get, I don't understand because I don't have a kid. But I also, from other people, have taken things that are equally medically heavy, mm. uh, not handled in the same way. And again, I didn't know you then, but I'm the way that you even talk about it now and that victimhood or in this other space, like you're like that grounded strength. That's what I guess well, I'm more sh- coming from shitty, for you. Shitty parents, their kids get cancer too. And that's a yeah. lesson that I learned on the ward where there was like not like every single... Um, kid has a good parent. And I don't yeah. mean like, obviously, I mean, I think I'm a good parent, but I'm saying like there are some They're parents not. like, like there were cell phones going missing on our floor. Mm-hmm. And there was a parent whose kid was there going through chemo, stealing from others' parents like, whose kids there. were going through chemo. The parent was or the kid parent was? Parents. The parent was. Yeah. I would say my... Uh, These kids are young on the oncology ward. Like the teenagers that are there... Um, they're just, you can have as much Benadryl as you want because it helps your stomach during chemo. So the teenagers are like pumping Benadryl and getting through it by hiding under the covers. It's sad. These other kids that are young and most of them are under five. Most of those kids going through cancer, like it's an early cancer. Leukemia is a little bit different, you know? Um, but generally most of them are at a younger where you can do like, like, Hey, look over here, you yeah. know, and get spoiled. And like Jason Mraz comes and performs for totally us and like Morgan's room. I'm like, up. you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. Um, did but that happen? T- oh yeah. What? Yeah. We had Tom Hanks called me. What? That's so cool. Did I told you that cool. I got to find the video, but yeah, we had, um, through the hospital, like no, you just put in a wish. Or? I have, uh, again, one of those five girls from Fountain Hills. Um, she was the second person I met. And actually, I'll tell you real quick. I met her. I was in freshman orientation, second freshman orientation of my life. And I turned around. She was by herself. And I was like, are you new? She's like, yeah. I was like, let's sit together. Cute little blonde Catholic from Wisconsin. And here oh I am like, gosh. hey, With you your fucking retag. You're sitting by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's like one of my dearest friends. Like, love her to death. But she's um, like a really successful, fancy tax attorney. Wow. Is these the like girls that you got, had to go to a happy, girl's happy hour or birthday thing? And you're like, what do I wear? <laughs> do you yes. remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I, what am I going oh, yeah. to get Thankfully, yeah, yeah. you got a blowout like, or Jesus. something. Yeah, and I coincidentally, <laughs> yes. And, um, but she was like, she was completely annihilated that my child had got diagnosed with cancer. We had babies around the same time. And that was like a trend was that like other mothers mm-hmm. and people that knew me that had met Morgan were demolished. People could not handle it. Morgan went like viral. Mm. People were just, um, she touched so many people. And so anyway, it was, so her, her first round of chemo was her fourth birthday. Mm -hmm. 
and I wake up. So it's like two weeks after diagnosis and I wake up, it's like five o'clock in the morning and I get this text message and I open it up and it's Tom's, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. And, and, uh, it's basically like Tom Hanks saying, Hey Morgan, um, we hear, you know, you're not feeling too good, but it's your birthday. So they made it about a birthday. Cool. And then uh, Rita Wilson uh, jumped in and was like, I just want to let you know, like, I had cancer and, like, I made it through and, like, you're super strong. Wow. And then Tom Hanks fucking sang You've Got a Friend in Me because oh. he's fucking Woody. <laughs> wow. And he said, like, after the video, wow. he's like, this isn't, like, this isn't for you to, like, post it's oh, like, cool. I'm not doing it for, and that's the thing that I realized was the celebrity difference. Like the celebrities I've met are like pretty solid, Yeah. but there's certain celebrities, like they're there for like the pictures. Totally. There's certain celebrities that walk in that later have no entourage. Larry Fitzgerald, God bless that man. Wow. He wouldn't even announce it. He'd come in, he'd have no entourage. He wasn't posting shit on social media. Cool. He'd have a trail of toys for these kids. Mm. Wow. Jason Mraz came and performed. That's cool. Oh God, that was awesome. It's, Kardashians want the pictures with the bald kids. Of course, of course. Do, it's it's so um, um, it's so awesome to be able to hear that a that when uh, you go through that towards your daughter, yeah, the world has gotten to a place where, like you were saying, you do have a fighting chance. But even those moments through such a horrible time. Other people in this world have figured out how to give you a 1% shining light for oh, one second. You know, like it's cool that so they have those support. resources. We had so much support. We had an obnoxious amount. We ended up in LA for four months. Oh, wow. She had a transplant. So after her like chemo, then she had to get a transplant. We ended up in LA and we ended up um, friends with people in the en- industry that like fell in love with Morgan. Mm. She is a big soul. You mean her, yeah. like her energy is, she has a pretty like, amazing energy. And, um, we, uh, I got in a fight with Jojo Siwa over her. If you oh want to hear this story. Who's that? Have you heard this story? No, I haven't. My who's Jojo? St- the who's Jojo girl? Siwa? Oh the, the little blonde girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. The who's a lesbian? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. She wasn't at the time, although you, you're totally born if, uh, you're born the way you are. But um, <laughs> I will tell you, I will, I will tell it, you this yes. story. And if you want yeah. to end with this, I will tell you this is oh, that like ending. for a year. So it was, remember how I told you when I first started working at that high school I'm currently at, which I think we should edit out the name of that high school. So the direction of the Beautiful. whatever. So um, I told them this story about Jojo Siwa. Years afterwards, I get kids coming up to me saying, please tell us this Jojo Siwa story. And I'm like, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to relive it. But I'm going to tell you this Jojo Siwa story. Okay. First off, Jojo Siwa, this is 20, this is 2017. No, Morgan was diagnosed 2018. Jojo Siwa, she wears the big fucking bows with a side ponytail. And she has a song, Boomerang. Got it. Uh, How's it go? My love. It doesn't matter. Stupid. (laughs) And... Uh, but Morgan loved her. I didn't think she was stupid at the time. I'm angry now because of everything that's happened. Um, but she, um, my daughter, loved Jojo Siwa. She had the bows. She had the dresses. When Morgan was thing. going through chemo, it was like she, she'd tape the bows to her head. She, like, <laughs> whatever. So that's we cute. ended up in L.A., neighbors to Jojo Siwa. My friend from Fountain Hills married um, a guy that she met from ASU, Go Devils, and he was at the time the producer of Tosh Pointo, 
oh, or cool. the producer of Jeff 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 um, Jim Jeffries. I always mess it up. Got Jim it. Jeff, the Australian. Yep. And they had a guest house, and so we ended up staying there. JoJo C was literally next door. We're not talking about Carl's Carl's bed, where like there's properties. Like it is, you're this, this close. close. Wow. Yeah. And he's in the industry. And so JoJo Seaway, we know it's her house because um, her cars are wrapped with her fucking face. And her like, <laughs> basketball net in the front has her fucking face on it. Oh, my God. And whatever. So um, he goes to her house and talks to her parents. And he was like, hey, you know, we have a little girl next door staying in her guest house. She's, like, battling cancer. She's on the list for a liver transplant. Like, is there any way, like, JoJo could come over? Like, Morgan just wants to go to her house and, like, have a sleepover. But, like, totally. honestly, if this girl just comes over with a bow, you know, JoJo C was not that fucking cool. Yeah. So I'm just want to, I'm going to say that numerous times throughout this. And um, so Morgan ended up getting her transplant. It didn't end up happening. Promises were made. No, the, the JoJo C were coming. Transplant happened. Morgan went into rejection. Before her rejection, we were at that house again. They still were, like, not not, not responding, but they're just not... Meanwhile, you have like this whole neighborhood is industry people. Like this one person that was across the way was, uh, well, her husband was the director of the Screen Actors Guild. Like, wow, I want to say like almost. I don't even know was Brad. I'm I'm going to say this wrong. Brad Pitt's agent at one point was wow. over the house. Like they're all like these background people, totally. way more important than JoJo Siwa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, long story short, Morgan. Gets out of the hospital after four months of rejection. We're super excited. She's now cancer-free. She, she's not in rejection anymore. We lived in L.A. for four months in a hospital. And we got notification at our friend's house that it's JoJo Siwa's filming of her birthday party. Nickelodeon now owns JoJo Siwa, by the way. Bought the rights. Got it. That makes and sense. there was going to be a parade. And so Morgan made like a sign-up saying, cancer-free. Um, Hold on. Do you need to answer that? Oh, who is it? Oh, they're yeah, just answer it. Top. No, my husband cannot put the kids to sleep by themselves. I will answer it. If okay. Yeah, answer it. It's fine. We can always yeah. edit it out. We'll wrap this up soon. It's almost an hour and a half. Hour and 20. Hello? Where are you? Oh, <laughs> oh hey. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? What are you eating? What, Morgan? What? Did you already? No, you got to feed the dogs. That's why you don't have to. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that like, they made those voices? I know they did. Isn't it crazy that they just FaceTime so normally? I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gonna do not disturb that shit. <laughs> I figured when every time I'm out, my husband out. cannot like he doesn't. I'll be lucky if my daughter gets her meds. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that maternal instinct there. Oh not yeah, <laughs> so ridiculous. Do you hear this? Oh yeah, it's fancy. Um, okay, so JoJo recording. Oh, so anyway, so Nickelodeon. Yeah, so so they um. I'm going to put this here. So, so the birthday party was happening and um, there was going to be like Nickelodeon production. So the street is shut down with like totally. lights and there's like a, a horse and carriage and they're doing a music video. By the way, Kim Kardashian and Northwest were there the day before this comes into play. 
gotcha. like, in the argument. And um, so again, now we have like some more important people because we're all in the front yard drinking mimosas and Morgan is now like totally charmed the pants off of all of these like industry people in LA that are now in the house. And I didn't find out till later and like I looked some of them up, like where they were in the industry. I'm like, holy shit! Hell I'm glad yeah. I didn't know, to be honest with you. That's the best. And I also yeah. didn't like I didn't like at that point, like in in perspective, it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, you were going through a little bit of a bigger situation. <laughs> but they're getting there. So again, our friend went over to the house. And it's like, hey, if JoJo can like come over, you know, she's just got out of living in a hospital room for four months. Yeah. And, da, da, da. and they're like, absolutely, she's gonna be by by noon. Never showed up. And then, um, you know, she's running behind, but the, her horse and carriage and like music video thing is going to go right past your house. She'll see you. Maybe she can stop and like jump out. Otherwise, you know, it ended up being like, she's just going to wave. Yeah. I was like, whatever. I don't care. You know what they fucking did? They ended up rerouting it because they didn't like the visual of the kids with the poster boards and like Morgan had a bald head and like what, I don't know. Yeah. They changed the route. At this point, I am... We've been out there for four hours in this front yard, and which, waiting. by the way, we were having fun. It was California. Yeah. It's nice weather. I'm hanging out like, you know, I'm not complaining. Yeah. But um, I ended up, I was so mad. I was so mad. Because she's probably so excited, they, now they're, just, they're so excited. Yeah. And so I ended up going and screaming. And now there's, like, production trailers, and I got in through them. And I got to, the like, the front door. And I was like, just because she's not fucking Kim Kardashian in Northwest, are you fucking kidding me? She just survived cancer. Like, who the fuck does JoJo think she is? Meanwhile, like, these people are pulling me back. And, like, I get whatever. I'm, full I'm so mad. Oh, <laughs> I was full. I was being like, that was polite, what I just said. Oh, but yeah. what I was saying, I was so mad. Still haven't seen JoJo Siwa. And then I leave and pull up to... Um, pull up to a stop sign oh no so their excuse was at that point they like tried to calm things down they came out they're like oh it's 4 p.m she needs to nap she no she has a rolling stone interview and then she needs to nap I'm like it's four like what 16 year old naps at four, whatever yeah. um i was mad i left i wanted to go like buy a bottle of wine at a stop sign who pulls up next to me in her stupid car with her stupid face wrapped around it jojo motherfucking Siwa. Oh. And then I rolled down my window, had some things to say, and I think it was like, you made a cancer kid cry. Like, she didn't know what the hell probably I was talking about. Fast forward, I get a phone call from Nickelodeon, like the director of Nickelodeon, like the head honcho at Nickelodeon, because in the back lot of industry people, it went viral. Oh. Not where we were, like not in like yeah. civilian world, yeah. but like it went viral enough to where the, the CEO or the, the head poncho at Nickelodeon oh, wow. got a hold of it, reached out to us and was like, so this is when she was touring. We got Morgan like VIP backstage and we ended up like sitting with the owners of Nickelodeon during the concert. Sick. Well, first they were like, do you want, at this point I burnt her bows, like all this, like hundreds of dollars worth of fucking money on her shit. I burnt it. I was so wow. mad. Wow. And they're like, well, we want to um, we want to give this to you, but we're really there's some concern about what you're going to do when you're backstage. Her mother, because <laughs> yeah. it was her mother that I was yelling at. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was fine, but they did recognize me when you got backstage. I was like, no, it's fine. And they gave Morgan like she could get whatever she wanted from the merch tent. Can you wow. imagine being that age? I was like, I want that. I want that. She yeah. got like whatever she wanted. That's so crazy yeah. to hear when the. Oh no no! This is the best part. Go ahead. This go is ahead. the best part. 
a year ago or like two years ago, she decides to open up her first nonprofit for pediatric motherfucking cancer. Hi, and mama. completely dis like I completely forgot about the situation. I started getting um, people reaching out to me from LA wanting me to go on the record and tell my story about Jojo Siwa. Wow, what would that do? Just to kind of she was full of shit. You're gonna yeah. sit there, you can't even walk next door and talk to a girl that survived cancer, yeah. but you want to be cool and start a pediatric cancer yeah, foundation? Fuck what the you. What's going on? Yeah. Fuck you. It's so that, crazy to hear about the mama bear mentality. Yeah. Like that is a true. Like, oh, I have it. And not know, like, again, you're saying the ones you don't even have yet. Like I truly have that. There's like a, it's an instinct. And as you get older too, you're going to realize you're going to start like seeing kids and like watching them and like to where you might've like when you were younger, like move your eyes away, but you're going to start like, is somebody watching that kid? Where's mm. that kid? Like your mother instinct pops in without children. Yeah. yeah for with children. Sure. How do you feel about getting ever so close to having kids? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm becoming so excited. a lot more excited. This podcast, honestly, if I get no healing out of it, it definitely is um, breaking down my fear of having kids. Yeah. Well, and I think you're coming from our situations are different, but they are very similar. Mm -hmm. What are you so afraid of? The long-term commitment of having mm -hmm. a kid forever. Yeah. I think like, we, that's yeah. a really big... That they're dependent on I don't you. even know what it's like not to worry about someone else but myself. See? You know, but I didn't feel that way because of my mother too. Mm. So I don't know what it's, I've yeah, never existed in that world. Yeah, and I was going to say, I've always, again, big family, parents worked a lot, depending on man, you see well. those babies sleeping? Oh, I can't even, and the little baby breath, I just can't wait. No, but even, they're not babies, they're eight, but like the, those yeah. faces, I'm just like snap, snap, and like watching them grow and be good friends and... Yeah, you know, and humans. seem good at sports, and you'll you will s recognize yourself in them, you know. And then also to like self correct what like fucked you up as a kid. Totally. I mean, yeah. I think like when you get, you know, I do s everything I can to give my kids a different life than I had. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'm not perfect, and I suck, and I'm angry, yeah. and I we all have our make flaws, mistakes, you know. And that's well, that's one thing that for before this podcast, I would always say like, I want to be ready. I want to have enough cash. I want to have a house. We're well, in an apartment, ready. and that's what everyone says. You're never ready. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where my fear is too. Is to I don't want to be in a spot where I'm forced to give my kids a similar life to what I had. Which at the end of the day wasn't the worst thing in the world. But no, um, I, I was there was some trauma. There yeah. obviously there was trauma, and I just want to make sure that I'm myself. But like my dad had four kids before me. I come into this situation, he had a very successful business, doing great at 29, 30, and then got caught into drugs and mm. tossed it all for 10 years, right? So after speaking with him, that was something that I had kind of a realization about that I have this fear of not being ready and not doing anything, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next year. So even though that I may have $10 million, the biggest house, I have a kid think that I'm ready for it and then I can slip into drugs and toss it all yeah. away. You know, like having having someone else be so dependent on my move is pretty intense. Like to okay, to be very honest, sometimes we don't want to walk Lexi. Our and dog. Some, Lexi's our, dog, our dog, yeah. And sometimes we don't. Most of the time we do. But in the times that I truly think about I don't want to go on this walk. And then my justification is, well, when I have a kid, I'm really not going to want to wipe its ass, but I have to, you know? 
and that I think wiping an ass is easier than walking a dog. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a big difference. I was gonna say the same thing. Such to be honest, vet, pants on. Such a vet yeah. thing to say, but it's I guess honestly the leave in the house situation. Yeah, that. My that husband has a um, a huge a huge fear of poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has a very major uh, like flaw where he is convinced that he's going to. He doesn't talk about it, but like you can tell with his actions that he's going to all of a sudden one day have to raise children in which he was raised, which was, you know, we, it's embarrassed to say, my husband put the pile of bills somewhere else and something happened and we completely missed to pay our water bill. I mean, did I tell you about this? Like completely missed it. And, um, I came home and the water was turned off. Like here we are making, like we make good money and the fucking water's turned off. And I thought when I called my husband, he was going to flip out and you know, he also should like not put the bills and piles and all over the house, but (laughs) he came home and it was really strange how much he came home and like he took, he went to the recycling and took jugs and cut the jugs of water in like a certain way in which they fit behind the toilet in a certain way that goes underneath the things to this and that. And it was like, he was completely silent and it was almost like watching him. And it was like, I am watching, I think he's, he, like he's had to deal with uh. his water being shut off. Oh my uh, God. I wasn't even thinking. Do you know what that. I'm saying? Totally, like he was so yes, like weirdly, absolutely. like weirdly calm. He was so weirdly knew exactly what to do he knew like you know and that's what's like he would be when we first got married that's actually when we when we were 29 we fought we were going to therapy we fought about um his mother and then money Mm. because he was a control freak like Mm. i would he made me so like crazy about swiping the card Mm. paranoid you know yeah so afraid to be poor so afraid I'm pretty that afraid of that. He, yeah, I would say that's. I'm a big terrified kid. of that. But you that's, guys live yeah. in a house where it's like even this this place is. We live. I would have loved to live in this space as a kid. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was going to say this is a, a business. Like, I we always say in a joking, non-joking. Nick's really good at the day to day, like making sure we're running as a unit. From like you know during the day to day stuff, and then I'm like big plan, like yeah. dream down. So like I would have never moved out of the house if. Like, yeah, I never it was wrote like about this getting house. our credit to where I need to be mm. saving up, and this house is going to be a great <laughs> rental property when it's done. Like mm-hmm. the family could be in here, they be single ladies, men, mm-hmm. whatever. That's fine. Like this is yeah. going. Like that's when we were coming to this. It was. Yeah. Uh, even if we don't keep it as a rental long term, but like it's going. And to we be can a grow home. into it with the kid, which is nice, which was our plan, and. And you keep it, and then when you have this kid, and you're like super afraid that you're gonna be poor or whatever, like you have this property to fall back on, and that's why you know mm. we own a couple properties now. We only own the two, but it's like we're not desolate. Yeah, and I we have we diversify, and I think that's like the secret. It's like you have to like don't put everything in property don't put everything but like get like max out those Roth IRAs mm-hmm. every year max it out yeah you know your kids are born get that Gerber ridiculous thing, thing yeah. you know what is that it's like you put like five grand down when they're born and then it like accumulates and by the time they life. go to college it's like pretty solid $5,500 I don't know zero, maybe. I don't know I, mean, yeah, I guess no. Gerber was when I was yeah I mean ASU. no no I get it I was more of an yeah. inflation joke but yeah. Um, yeah. I call my son uh my retirement ticket 
Why? You know? Oh, because of that? No, because oh. I he doesn't have, we didn't do the Gerber fund. We uh. were saving up for college and stuff, but I'm like, you better get some scholarships. Hell yeah. <laughs> and he is, he's so it. sporty. Like he is, I think the next Tom Brady. Hey, okay. Yeah, it, it was said here first. <laughs> yeah, here I'm first. excited for kids. I'm like today I was driving to the gym super early and this guy slammed on his brakes in front of me and it was just like at 5.15, I slam on my horn. Like what is happening? I swerved to the left and there's a dog in the middle of the road. And I instantly is like, and I was never a dog Oh, he guy. was not a dog person I'm talking, me. I don't want to touch a dog. Yeah. I don't want to see get a hit? dog. No, 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 but it stopped and we all stopped oh. and it took off running. And four years ago, Nick Torres would have completely, like you did boop, boop, in and out, not even thought about it. I flipped a UA, I lost it and tried to like, I wanted to try to help it. And that's why I'm saying this is that's the one connection that I think that I'll have. I mean, I've been around kids and I've had nephews and nieces and all of that, but I'm slowly starting to see that. Um, there's no way to describe, there's no way to describe that. And I feel that the people that are the most afraid of it are the ones that make the best parents because you know exactly what you don't want. You mm. know, like, and it can be a struggle for you. Like, you'll do things that remind you of your parents. You'll be like, God, fucking damn yeah. it. You know? I do that now. Um, <laughs> you know, but like, yeah. there's there's no, like, you'll love them more than you love your wife. Yeah. You'll need to check yourself on that one. Totally. Yeah, so you better um, get that straight. We'll still have sex. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, oh, sorry. But like, they, like, you even... It's there's there's no way to even describe it. Even going through postpartum, mm. you know, I still felt, I still felt this like love and desire. And now that they're like they're the biggest pains in my ass, but I'm watching them sleep even more now. Because yeah. now I'm like, God, they're getting more independent. God, like they'll leave. I kick them out of the house. Mm. We live in a great neighborhood where I can kick them out, and there's yeah. always neighboring kids. Play. Don't come back in until. The You're street lights shower. Yes. Yeah, heck yeah. Yes. Um, so two wrap-up questions. Yes. One is what we always say, but the second one or the first one I want to ask is we talked about the beginning stages, kind of the chemo situation mm -hmm. with your daughter. Um, I was afraid to ask, but she's still alive, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I would just kind of like to hear from a parent's perspective, wrapping that whole cycle up. Yeah. The who you are pre, who you mm -hmm. are at the start, mm. during, and then like ending to after. Um, do you remember all of that, kind of that arc? Do you like, do you remember when, when she it, was diagnosed? Yeah, from yeah. diagnosed to being like, okay, I'm done with this journey. Or are you done with this journey? Like, how does that, how does that No, chapter I didn't. Get the entire time she was sick, everybody was, uh, I can't believe how strong you are. You're so amazing. You're so brave. I can't believe how strong you are. You're so amazing. You're so brave. You're so amazing. You're so brave. You're so strong. You're so brave. It was like, that's great. And I felt that way, you know, but what ended up happening was once it was all said and done, she was done with her chemo. She got her transplant. Um, we still had, we still to this day have pills she has to take that she'll have to take for the rest of her life, mm -hmm. immunocompromised pills. Um, wow. We got home around Easter that year, and it was in September that I had like a complete mental breakdown mm. because to everybody else it was done. It's great, it's done. Mm. But to go back to like you know comparing it to like military, um, you know PTSD. being in, in active military duty is that it's fight or flight, and so now it's quiet. So now I'm able to actually like like process what the fuck just happened. Totally. And I lost it. And that was when Dr. Mel came and plucked me Got and put me in the it. yeah. That's a great full circle. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Cause I I was crazy. My friends were locked in the bathroom. 
I was wow. in a wine tour. And I was, I, my, my South Boston came out and I was full on like, you want to fucking do this? We ended up sharing a um, wine tour bus with a bachelorette party. Mistake uh-huh. number one, they shouldn't have done that because mm-hmm. they're, they're triggering before cancer. I fucking hate bachelorette parties. <laughs> and so like being like doing a, like sharing a tour ride with them and then like, I don't even remember, like somebody said something like they, these, these bridesmaids or these bachelorette people don't want to hear your music. Cause I had like control over the music mm-hmm. of the thing and what doesn't matter. And I just lost it. I mean, no. at one point I took a glass of wine and like swished it in somebody's face. I was like, my girlfriends were locked. They locked themselves in the bathroom. Only oh, tea bag yeah. was out there. Like, oh and, yeah, God, we was get only tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> only tea bag was the one that was like, you know, um, she didn't know how to handle it. I mean, she said some wrong things. You know, she had said something like, you know, you need to have a thicker skin, which is not the correct things to no. say to me. Um, because, especially when you're seeing red because it's all over for everybody else. It's over for me. It was just beginning. Yeah. yeah because my whole entire rock. therapy mm. journey was just beginning. And that was only mm. two years ago. Three years ago? So that was 2019. Yeah. So we were just, our masks were just coming off before the rest of the world's masks were coming on. Wow, that's insane. Because we had to wear masks to chemo and like keeping her protected. And so everybody's complaining about masks. I'm like, you fucking little bitches. Yeah, come on now. Six months old on the cancer ward are wearing it. So that's legitimately four years ago. Um, And we love asking the question because when I first started this, I shot someone like, what are you going to do in 10 years? And it's like, no one knows what they're doing in 10 years. Mm -hmm. I did five. That's a little bit better. Two, you kind of understand what's going on, but we fell on four, which is Mm -hmm. cool at 19 or yeah 2019 and now was four years and if I feel like I would have asked you in 2019 what would you be doing or how do you feel in four years that answer would have been totally different Mm -hmm. than what I would ask you today so with everything that happened in four years uh your daughter one more time's name is Morgan she'll be turning 11 Mm -hmm. insane Mm -hmm. your four will be turning eight so Mm -hmm. they're starting to get to that age where they're like oh no he's gonna be so he's just turned seven seven, so he'll be oh so he'll be 11 and she'll be she's 12 will be 16 oh my god that's insane so the question is not only where you want to be as yourself but Mm -hmm. your family Mm -hmm. and your career like are there any big milestones the next four years that you're excited about that you're I just want to travel. To? I just want to travel. Really? That's all I want is like I'm going to. With or without kids? With my kids. Oh, cool. well, oh, I'm, you know, I've, I, no, I think they're at the age where I could be, I want to travel without them, you know, but I, no, I want to bring them. Cool. Like I want them, things. like when they turn 16, tell me where you want to go with Morgan. I'm not taking her in Africa. She's not going. She can't get those like um, vaccination shots, you know. Oh, I didn't think about that. You want to go to Switzerland? Let's do it. Yeah, you know, Uh, Japan. I'll consider. (laughs) You know, she wants to go to like Korea. She's all about like BTS. So annoying. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm not excited to have kids. So I won't be going. I won't be going to. Oh, she's not allowed to play BTS at my house. Okay, good. (laughs) From Janice Joplin to BTS. Well, I got her a record player, and so I buy her. Like I'm the only one that provides records for her. So like Spotify, where she could pick. So I got her like, what does she have? Evanescence. Oh yeah, she has a great album. You know, pretty. Yeah, yeah of course. And then, playing that uh, way. <laughs> Taylor Swift, of course. Of course, of course. And uh, Sinead O'Connor, she has like all oh, Sinead O'Connor. Oh yeah, <laughs> she is going to be a powerful. She's going to be well diverse. Yeah, yeah. well. It's a lot of traveling. That's no, but cool. I want, like, Memories, I want the, on their 16th birthday. I want to take them both to Ireland. 
Okay. Well, well. they already go because if I'm going to take Morgan Ireland, I'm going to take Liam as well. So Liam, I'll, you know, my husband's German. I'll take him to Germany. I, wherever you want to go to Anne Frank's house, let's do it. You want to go all of a sudden my kids are into, I'm going to take them Auschwitz. Oh, they're going to be so depressed with the amount of Holocaust museums they're going to be going to. I'm going to take them to Israel. They're going to go to Hebrew school. I don't give a shit. They're going to do like whatever they can. They want to learn instruments. Do it. They want to. That's what I'm, I'm excited about with having a kid is like finding, being so open and willing to do what you want and yeah. for me to support that. Like yeah. I, I don't have regrets, I would say, but I feel that I was raised in a house that said you go to college for a bachelor degree in business. Mm-hmm. Like go down that route. And looking back on it, if I was more into like my drumming or music's, uh, music school or music business school, at least like something to deal with that realm, I think I would have had a little bit more umph behind what I was doing. I totally went to college for my aunt. I did not go for myself, but I thought that was like what I needed to do. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm excited to support kids support our kids in the way that they want to be as the individual yeah like yeah. a human and we changed her like estate planning because that's something we're doing as we're adulting lately yeah. so we did this estate planning like all this stuff and there's so many different funds that you do to like set your kids up for like college because mm-hmm. it's so expensive but there's also that push of the fact that like what if our kids what if liam decides to go to the military or what if morgan ends up being like an olympic diver like who knows what these kids yeah. are going to but one of the stipulations I put in there is a gap year. Oh. And so, like, I put in there, like, and funded a gap year. Oh, so wow. now, now, if Liam decides, because he is athletic, if Liam's, like, really football-driven or whatever he gets into, and it's like you can't take a gap year when you're going to college for athletics. But, like, if you don't know, if, like, you really don't know, like, I'm giving you a year. That's cool. You That's can't really just cool. be, uh, you know, Sit living in couch, Ibiza. Yeah getting hammered like you need to get a job you need to have some sort of goal to have that year but like you wherever the fuck you want to go to the hell world. yeah you want to go to thailand oh i don't want them to go to thailand <laughs> <laughs> don't, like, wait don't say it into existence it's like i don't want that like go to like scotland totally or, yeah somewhere would be uh, fun. peru i loved peru i thought i felt very safe in peru wow. everywhere i went i remember thinking like I'd feel safe with my kids here. The well, people were amazing. You're from Brooklyn. Anywhere outside of Boston. That, Boston. Boston. No, not sorry, Brooklyn. Boston. Sorry. Expensive. <laughs> sorry. Oh, dude, Boston. they did a gap year in Boston. If they're like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, work an oyster farm for oh. a year. From the from the moment those baby oysters are under the docks until they're like at the Raba. Oh my gosh. The Raba. The, the Raba. <laughs> Raba. You know. Oh my that's gosh. What I want. Okay, I want. we are well. I feel like I can talk this to you forever. A, this yeah, is amazing. Oh. You should definitely have your own podcast. It'd be incredible. <laughs> Which I would say she would like help. Yes. Yeah, oh, like to do it. easy. You have a studio here. You can record whenever oh, you want. Oh, there we go. Um, is there anything that you want, if your kids ever listen to this, to tell them? Oh, boy. Regardless from you to them, from you to this world. Is there anything? Or for the viewers. I want, I would, I'm very cool. Or for the viewers, whatever. No, I but think I think the kids if, is, When my kids listen to this, I want them to know how much I love them. I love their empathy. I love their love for animals. Um, I love how good of a friend they are. Mm. I just like mm-hmm. that they have a human connection. I can see myself in them. I can see my husband in them. I, but I can also see their individuality. And I just want them to be comfortable being themselves. Ugh. And always feel comfortable to come to me yeah. with anything. There's nothing that they could come to me with that I'd be like, 
Unless it was like I like to kill puppies in my spare time. But still come to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you help. I'll get you help. Cats or dogs. Yeah, we're having yeah. a big thing there. Yeah. But this is amazing. I would yeah. love to have you and T-Bag on. Love oh, my God. Your husband. Whatever. We have a, really we have a fourth <laughs> mic. Yeah. <laughs> we have a fourth mic. It would be an awesome thing. No, that would thing. be like what you can Honestly. ask us is how did she actually get her name T-Bag? Oh, I've been done. Because di- there is a story. Yes, I can only <laughs> imagine. And I appreciate you being so open. I yeah. Um, I hope that there. I'm very confident there's going to be one person who listens to this that is inspired to not not only not give yeah. up but to just keep putting that right foot in front of the left. And I hope that you feel as a stranger, no longer a stranger. Mm, yes. For me, looking to you, you are. It's extremely inspirational oh, to be able you. to sit across the table and to have this conversation with you. Whether it was at 32 Shea or passing in the salon, like this is where this podcast and I. I tell Grace all the time, this podcast can have zero listeners and can absolutely make no money. But like, this is why we no, have No, and I was, I was nervous because I listened to your podcast, which you told me about it. And I listened to it and I was like, okay, I'm, I don't want to like, because I'm, I'm a teacher. Yeah, of course. So I'm going to give course. some like criticisms. But I was like really pleasantly surprised. I really thoroughly enjoyed. I liked the way that you like dove in um, with people. I, I really liked it. Thank you. I was yeah. I cleaned the shit out of my kitchen floor listening to a couple of episodes. <laughs> so it's always based on like how much cleaning I get done, whether it's entertaining. Hell so. yeah. Well I really so, appreciate yeah. it. And this yeah. one, um, I'm excited. It's I've never done this, but I've already thought about the intro and I'm just super lucky to be able to have an opportunity where people like you wanna sit down and across yeah. a microphone to have this. So thank you very oh, much. Thank it's you. Beautiful. I appreciate Cheers. it. I had fun. I had this fun today. This was a blast. Thank you thank so, you. so Cheers. much. This is amazing. Thank you. It's always a tradition to cheers and I'll hug it out. Mm. Oh my God, thank you. So Just like that, you have been introduced to Rihanna. She has really truly been an amazing person to get to know. And and like I said at the intro, it was amazing at this junction of this podcast to be able to have a one-on-one conversation with a complete stranger and to be just shocked and awed at every left and right turn and I I have a feeling that she will be back again and I have a feeling that there will be more stories that she did not get to. Uh, She was a really amazing person and I'm just super thankful for not only her but all of you for clicking play and supporting this podcast. Please definitely head over to Instagram. We are uh, our Instagram handle is at my age pod pod. We'd love to have you there we are definitely still moving this train along uh 25 is my next goal so we're you know nine away from 25 i cannot be more proud about it so thank you everyone for the support please follow us on instagram support dj breezy and as always live your life to the fullest and enjoy this beautiful weekend see you later